It's showtime. Okay! Tokyo! South America! Australia! France! Germany! UK! Africa! Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we are, off and running, on this uh, day before, on this elect, midterm election eve. I'm just trying to figure out the best way to refer to it. It is the uh, seventh day of November, 2022. This is the Horn, head on dot live. It's where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go, of course, if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday. 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round, and whatever time it is where you're when you're listening to the podcast. And well, thank you, thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening live. Thank you for participating in this program in whatever manner you so choose. Uh, this community is why this program exists. It is not a vehicle for. Advertisers, We are not delivering anyone into the tender mercies of people who sell Buy Gold Now ads or any other similar foolishness. No Swedish mattresses made from foam developed by NASA. No, no stupid beats, no wave radios. It's just a conversation. And a fine one at that, I think, going on for, well, I mean, 2023. I think May of 2023 will mark... 20 years since I came back to the microphone, and that's kind of mind-blowing. few changes since then, but... <laughs> Hi, I'm Robin. It is uh, Morian Monday on the horn, and, uh, of course, uh, well, as you can probably well imagine, the day before midterm election it, it has the uh, Morians vibrating at, uh, at, at cycles that are... Well, it cannot be heard by the human ear, but it's probably why the dogs are howling outside. Uh, so we'll get into all of that, but every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. By the way, I have the, uh, I have the basic, um, I have the voicer from Lady B for the program intro, so hopefully that'll be happening fairly soon. I need to forward that along to Brother Deacon Asa and... Uh, then maybe that'll be one more instance of, well, good old Bob 
finally going away a little bit more. Yeah. No, I'm not wistful at all, actually. Um, wait a minute. What? I'm not paying attention. Oh, Brother Deacon Asa tells me, stupid be- shucky ducky, Trump's not a racist. Yes, that that uh, Herb Cain quote comes in handy every evening. Stupid Beats is yesterday's news. The hottest thing right now is whiskey appreciation man crates. Huh? Not kidding, Brother Deacon Asa says. He said it with a straight face, too. I don't even... what Whiskey appreciation man crate? What is this? The is, is this the liquor of the month club? Is it antioxidant whiskey? Will it? I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Uh, but anyway, thanks go out to our seventh, sixth, and fifth day of the month subscribers. So that means that we say thank you to James. Thank you, James. And thank you so kindly uh, to Michael in Madison. And thank you to Charlene in Rogues Island. Thank you, John. Thank you to our buddy Don in West Tennistan. And, uh, Thanks as well to Kevin in Colorado Springs, and thanks to our pal Kenda in Missouri. Thank you all for being partial sponsors of the program and helping to keep this whole thing on the air for, lo, these many, many years. And because of the way things worked out on Friday, uh, fundraising goal today is only 275 bucks. We haven't had a month like that in a while. This is This is encouraging. So if we can knock down 275 bucks, we can we can stay even, and I can continue to pay bills and keep the lupine pest away from the porch. And well, and and by the way, program note for tomorrow: we will be having a uh, barbecue on the front porch, I guess, as we uh, wait on tenterhooks for the uh, election returns to come in. And we'll just see how, it, and maybe people can, um, you know, members of the community can offer up their predictions for how this all plays out. Uh, I am, uh, well, I'm, I don't know what to think. I don't like to get into the prognosticating, but I, I like to think that there is a way by which we actually get a Senate majority of, you know, 53 or 54. God, and, and and just just in terms of a wish list, there are so, there are so many things that we have to attend that, that need to be well. That we need Reverend Warnock reelected in, Atlanta, in 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 Georgia. Come on, Georgia, save us again. We need Mike Kelly, Mark Kelly, Mike Mark uh, Astronaut Kelly to be uh, returned to the Senate in Arizona, Stan, as opposed to Blake Masters. Because, you know, I think if you say Blake Masters, you have to say it like that, and it's because he's a cartoon figure. Blake Masters. Hey, we need that. Um, I would love to see an, uh, just an out-of-the-blue upset in Kentucky, Stan, where, by the way, the, the 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 University of Kentucky stand is now embroiled in controversy because, well, because of a drunk white girl. I mean, 
got into it and got all nasty and started hollering the word because drunk white and girl always winds up with the, the word. But I'd love to see a huge upset in Kentucky. I think the odds against that are fairly sparse. But God, to see Charles Booker take down Rand Paul, libertarian ophthalmologist, and that thing on his head. Hooey, wouldn't that be sweet? But, but all eyes are on Ohio. I'm sorry, the Buckeye State. Um, and the race between Tim Ryan and Jerk Deluxe Vance, the fake hillbilly. The Yale Billy. There, there's another word. The Yale Billy. And in 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 Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, Stan, uh, John Fetterman versus Doctor Oz, the New Jersey dude. Jesus, really? Who got uh, who got absolutely roasted by uh, former President Obama? That was a beautiful moment. Um, oh, where'd that go? No, that's, that's not it. I have so many tabs. Just a second. No. Doggone it, I had a clip. Because uh, Barack Obama skewered Dr. Oz, and that's always, well, doggone it, it's just fun. Uh, but I can't, I had it a minute ago, but, well, you try sorting through 500 tabs. Nonetheless, yeah. But everybody, everybody's watching uh, Pennsylvania and, 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 and Georgia, and the Buckeye State. To see how it all plays out. And uh, so, uh, you know, it's a little nerve-wracking. But I, I, I did. I went and... Uh, <sighs> I went and voted Saturday. It was the last day of early voting here, and I didn't want to be having to run around and try to vote on... Election day. I was surprised to find that I had about a 30 minute wait when I went over to the uh, Memorial Building in Fayetteville. And as I was out running around today running errands, I noticed that uh, there's an ad running against the incumbent Republican over in Fayetteville, a guy by the name of Austin Haynes. And this one's pretty. And and I guess they I guess they saved this to really drop a rock on him uh, at the end of the campaign. Uh, women coming forward saying that, and you got to understand, he's a young guy, Republican, of course, and uh, he's never held a job in his life. Uh, he just you know, went into the legislature, you know, sort of coattailing, 
And according to the, according to these women who are speaking up, uh, had a predilection for getting drunk and uh, asking them if they would care to uh, have sexy time with him. And when asked about it, he said, yeah, it happens all the time. Oh, well. Well, you know, those are those Republican family values for you. Um, but there is other, you know, there's there's not necessarily election-related stuff out there. District Court Judge Carl Nichols today entered an order, an official, because as the as the, 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 the rule goes, the court speaks only through its orders. And proving that this is a, a nation with a dual justice system, uh, with Stevie Three Shirts, Steve Bannon having filed his appeal of his conviction on two counts of contempt of Congress, well, Judge Nichols sentenced him to four long, hard months in the hole, in the stir dragging his tin cup back and forth across the iron bars and yelling, You filthy screws! But today, Judge Nichols entered an order that said, Accordingly, it is ordered that the sentence in this case shall be stayed pending Stephen K. Bannon's appeal of his conviction. So he gets to be out there and walk free and not be incarcerated. Oh well. Because, you know, wealthy white guy. That's how, that, that, that's how America works, y'all. If he had been busted, if, if he was not a scabrous, greasy, sleazy, vile... creepy-looking white dude who, as we've noted many times on this program, looks like what rancid hot dog water smells like. Uh, yeah, he'd, be, he'd be cool in his heels. Yeah, he'd be, in, he'd be in the Gray Bar Hotel. But that's some privilege, that white privilege. So he's going he's gonna to exhaust the entire appellate process. That means the appeal will leave... The U.S. District Court, where Judge Nichols presides, and it'll go up to the, I presume, D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, and uh, a three-judge panel will rule, and if they rule against him, he'll request an en banc hearing by the entirety of the, uh, of the Circuit Court, all the judges, and if they rule against him, he'll take it up to our most puissant, dread sovereign, Supreme Catholic Majesties at the Supreme Court, where he feels confident that those Federalist Society members will, of course, uh, feel kindly and solicitous toward him, Steve Bannon, fascist, and keep him from ever seeing the inside of a jail. I wonder if he was asked to... I I don't see it anywhere in here. Uh, I I don't see anything about him being uh, ordered to surrender his passport. I mean, I got the whole order right here. It won't take long to... 
Pursuant to 18 U.S.C. section 3143B, and as the court explained at the defendant's sentencing hearing, the court finds that defendant Stephen K. Bannon, A, is not likely to flee or pose a danger to the safety of any other person or the community if released, and B, that his appeal is not taken for the purpose of delay, but rather raises a substantial question of law that is likely to result in a reversal or an order for a new trial. Accordingly, it is ordered that the sentence in this case shall be stayed pending Stephen K. Bannon's appeal of his conviction. See ECF number 166, date November 7th, 2022, signed Carl J. Nichols. Right. So he's not a flight risk. Wonder how that is. I mean, he's a globetrotting SOB. Loves to go gallivanting around all over, you know, all over the world. Goes and sets up little uh, fascist training camps in Italy. But, oh, hell no. No, he's, he's, he's not a flight risk. Oh, shucks, no. He'd, he'd never do something like that. No, not at all. Never. Good citizen. And this is the point in time where we point out that, well... Yeah, there it is. There it is. Carl J. Nichols. Born June 25th, 1970, aged 52 years old. Educated at the University of Chicago and Dartmouth College. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, appointed to the United States District Court by, well, Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Donald Trump. Raises a substantial question of law. You know what the substantial question of law is, right? The substantial question of law is whether or not Steve Bannon, who at the time he was subpoenaed by the January 6th Commission, could claim executive privilege for communications with Donald Trump when he wasn't even a part of the administration. That's the substantial question of law. Executive privilege for someone who was not part of the executive branch and isn't an effing lawyer. Oh, well, what the hell. Oh, well. And somewhere along the way this evening, I would like to, if we possibly can, find time to talk about COP27, you know, the climate change meeting that's taking place in Egypt right now. Because that's a big deal. Talking about stuff there that actually impacts the entire future of the population of the United States of America. And of planet Earth. And, uh, uh, <laughs> Steve, Steve in New York, catching the spirit of the moment. Blake Masters, male prostitute. 
Oh, maybe. Yeah, it kind of. It needs to be like a spokes model for a really bad aftershave. Um. But no, I want it, it, when I when I mentioned the uh, the race in Georgia between oh my god, uh, Herschel Herschel Hirsch Walker and Senator Reverend Raphael Warnock, uh, it it needs to be noted that Nikki Haley, super genius. Remember, remember Nimrata? Yeah, the, the one that got convinced by the Moscow Morning Zoo crew that they were the president of Poland and wanted to talk with the United States ambassador to the United Nations about the tiny island nation of Bonomo. And she went on and on and on and on, completely duped, absolutely sucked in, totally had the lock, stock, and barrel. Yeah. God. Well, she decided to unburden herself on Sunday at a campaign rally for Herschel Hirsch Walker, uh, deputy dumbass. I wish I was kidding, but she really and for truly said. Legal immigrants are more patriotic than the leftists these days. The only person we need to make sure we deport is Warnock. Oh, honey. Oops. So, let's see. Uh, This this woman who is occasionally referred to as Vice Presidential Timber... Really? Really? has decided we need to start deporting American citizens. I, I get... I, I, is she talking about her parents? I, I don't know. They want the laws followed in America, so the only person we need to make sure we deport is Warnock. Ah... <sighs> And she went on, Nimrata did, to say that uh, Hirsch is a good person who's been put through the ringer and has had everything in the kitchen sink thrown at him, and he's still fighting for you. He's, he's never fought for anybody but Herschel his entire life. I mean, well, you know, fire up the University of Georgia fight song, uh, fight, fight, fight for the dear old dogs or whatever. Maybe that. But Nimrata will go anywhere for anybody because she's been to New Hampshire to also campaign for Don Bullduck. And this is the guy you might recall we talked about last week who uh, said that there are granite staters who have told him about the bus loads of Massachusetts Etchians who were bust into New Hampshire to vote for Democrats in New Hampshire and done stolt the elections. And, of course, he then went on to point to declare that uh, 
Uh, he know damn good and well that there really are kitty litter boxes in the potties in, in New Hampshire high schools. He And the question Stephen New York uh, poses with regard to uh, uh, Nimrata Haley, is she a moron or just disgusting? Because apparently that didn't play so well with a lot of people. Um, you know, she said, I'm the daughter of Indian immigrants. They came here legally. They put in the time. They put in the price. They're offended by what's happening on the southern border. That led a Harvard professor and a pastor by the name of Cornell William Brooks to note, were it not for civil rights laws that black folks died for, Nikki Haley's family might not be in America. Were it not for a historically black college and university giving her father his first job in the United States, Haley wouldn't be in a position to insult Georgia's first black senator. Warnock's history makes her story possible. And, of course, one of the more horrifying aspects of tomorrow is that it's possible, I guess, that neither Herschel Hirsch Walker, father of many, nor Senator Reverend Warnock will get 50% of the vote, in which case, hey, another runoff. Ugh. I hate the racist politics of the Deep South and their stupid little runoffs and the lot. Thank you so very kindly to Darlene. Um, Darlene just jumped in with a $100 challenge. Beaver Moon Rising. And a photograph accompanies the email. Yeah, this is a, this is a big deal. Uh, the last full lunar eclipse for several years. Beaver Moon. I didn't know it was a beaver moon. Every time I hear that, I think of uh, Jed Clampett describing young Jethro being born. Born with a full set of teeth, just like a beaver. The things that stay in my mind. Uh, chewed his crib down to toothpicks. Thank you for the challenge, Darlene. If uh, that's met, we will be only $75 away from fully funded this evening. And yay, verily. Bills will be paid. What in the world? Stand by, please. I think I just got targeted by a random uh, get-out-the-vote call. But it's a little late for that. I have done my patriotic duty. And if those and for those of you who follow me on social media, you'll know that I uh, wrote a little essay about it and noted that my streak remains intact. I'm not one of those people who used to be a Republican, but now I'm a Democrat. Now I'm a liberal. Now I'm a, nope, 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 nope. Um, 
I've been one all my life, and I have never in my life, not once, ever, not so much as for dog catcher or county surveyor, as far as, I'm, as, far as I know. And I've tried to pay pretty close attention to this. Never, not once, have I ever voted for a Republican, and I hope that I can, uh, I hope I can keep that going for the remainder of my days. Kind of bummed out I didn't get my I voted sticker, though. Maybe they were all out. Like I said, I had to wait a half an hour. And, and the thing is, most of the people who were waiting in line with me, women, I'm hoping that is a harbinger of good things to come. Uh, as to Vice Presidential Timber and Nimrata Haley, Stephen New York says, she does have the brains of a wooden doorstop. It's true. True. Um, she's a genius and thank you to Ralph's getting started on matching Darlene's hundred dollars thank you so we got 90 bucks to go there hopefully you'll have some company Darlene and Ralph's um in case there was ever any doubt, and there wasn't, you know, there was a time when a whole lot of people in this country, myself being one of them, thought that uh, Elon Musk uh, might have had some brilliance about him. But it turns out people, I was wrong. This guy's just a dweeb with money. Uh, he absolutely is. You know, he's never invented a rocket. It's not like he's Fanny uh, von Braun or Robert Goddard. He's never invented a single thing associated with spaceflight. He just had a shit ton of money and paid engineers to do it for him. He's never really done anything in terms of developing, uh, in, in terms of actually creating the stuff that goes with his sketchy electric cars. But he paid people to develop them. But in the last week, we saw what happens when Elon Musk... Neo Maxi Zoom Dweeby actually runs something himself. Tesla's shares have been down like 30, 35%. And Twitter is in the toilet. The latest thing, be, you know, he came in and, you know, oh, we're going to have it's going to be the global marketplace of ideas. It's going to be the, it's going to be the, it's going to be the, 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 the digital commons, free speech for everybody who isn't Kathy Griffin. Haley, of all the people to go after, he went after Kathy Griffin. Because Kathy Griffin did the unspeakable and the unthinkable. Kathy Griffin mocked little Elon. So then she got permanently banned. Permanently suspended from Twitter because she made fun 
of a guy that it is almost impossible not to make fun of. Don't you make fun of me. So much for all that free speech, right? Oh, but he used his free speech. Yeah. Uh, he got on Twitter to the extent that any... Yeah, uh, and uh, told people that they need to vote for the maggot party in the midterms. Shared power curbs the worst excesses of both parties. Therefore, I recommend voting for a Republican Congress, given that the presidency is Democratic. Hardcore Democrats and Republicans never vote for the other side, so independent voters are the ones who actually decide who's in charge. Hey, Elon, fuck you. No, really, fuck you with a nine-foot-tall saguaro-dried cactus. Fuck you. I mean, really, lest there be any doubt. Fuck you, Elon, with a white, and I do mean white, hot poker. What kind of simpleton is he? Shared power doesn't curb. And what are the worst excesses of the Democratic Party right now? Maybe we should talk about that later. What are the worst excesses of the Democratic Party? Uh, using the right pronouns? Not being obsessed with potty politics? Wanting people to have a living wage? Wanting to have people to have health care? Member of the multi-million number uninsured here, she said, raising her hand. The excesses. Wanting to keep a brutal Russian fascist autocratic piece of shit from uh, rolling over a country that never fired a shot in anger at Mother Russia. Now, if you start going over the list of excesses of the Republican Party, I mean, uh, you know, the fact that Jim Shorts, uh, Jim Jacketoff Jordan uh, will, uh, has made plain that he's going to start impeachment proceedings against President Biden for God only knows what. Well, that seems excessive. Yeah. And the fact that they're going to spend millions upon tens of millions of dollars investigating the January 6th committee for investigating uh an armed terrorist insurrection seems excessive. What an idiot. Hey, um, Nimrata Haley, since you're out there running your mouth about who needs deported, uh, how about, how about, uh, how about Elon here? Of course, uh, you know, the maggots are, are, are absolutely enamored of him because he's behaving in an authoritarian, fascist fashion. So, you know, yay. The, uh, 
self-same House Judiciary Committee that will be run by, if the Republicans take over the House, will be run by Jim Jacketoff, Jordan, uh, recently praised Kanye, Elon, Trump. Tell us pretty much everything you need to know. No. Yeah. He's garbage. And I'm betting if we dug around a little bit, maybe we could find a decent grounds for uh, deporting his ass. And fine by me. Let him make his stupid cars in South Africa. Because now that we've got electric vehicle technology becoming more ubiquitous among the other makers, there's really no purpose for Tesla. It's just a, well, it's a vanity brand. That, you know, occasionally the autonomous ones uh, decide to attack the humans. Well, you know what would be cute? Is if we could get a hashtag trending on Twitter, you know, hashtag deport Elon. Something about that that I just like. And uh, Steve taking a little bit of issue with me, Steve in New York, uh, Elon. Rather than dweeb, I'm thinking the old-fashioned dunce is better for him. I can't wait till he shows up at the local food bank. Of course, as a liberal, I'll be happy to see him get the food he can't afford. Once again, his parents ruined him. Blame the parents. And uh, thanks to Tracy for this uh, business insider. Elon Musk is a brutalist decision maker. Twitter employees are fluttering, flooding blind with bad reviews. Twitter employees are posting bad reviews about the company and Elon Musk on another platform. Not oh, good. Yeah, he, he 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 put his purge through, and then found out that he needed to bring some people back so that he could actually do what he was planning to do. Uh, yeah, um, more and more and more. I mean, if we again, it's a shame this is just such a we have such a tiny reach, but we need to start seeing photoshops of uh, Elon's head on top of Wiley e. Coyote's body. Super genius. Because God, he is. Um, Ron in Raleigh says, uh, robocall. I got a robocall earlier from Ted Cruz. Had to sanitize my phone. I think Thomas Friedman is a hack. However, I had to agree with this article in principle. I agree, Elon Muskrat. Fuck you. People at Twitter are spending the night and sleeping on the floor in their cubicles. Thomas Friedman uh, well paywall can't see it sorry 
but he's, you know, he's just over here sucking, uh, sucking the energy out of America. Excesses of the GOP. Things we will never accuse the GOP of having excesses of. Books, brains, morals, senses of humor. True on all counts. But they got lots of faith. Oh, Lordy, they do have him have faith. So, Doug Mastacholi, or Mastri, Mastriano had himself a rally over the weekend. And uh, they uh, released an ad afterward in which... They point, really, this is what makes for scintillating, hey, scintillating campaign advertising among the maggot set, pointing at meteorology. Anybody ready for some change here in a couple days? Let's finish strong and take back this state, roll back the tyranny of Wolf and Shapiro. He's got a record he can't run on, and his record is pretty bad. It's going to be a new day in PA on Tuesday. It's going to be amazing. We're so thankful. God has blessed us with perfect weather here so we can come together. That's a beautiful rainbow there. Look at it. Wow. We claim that in Jesus' name. It's a promise to the people of Pennsylvania. It's amazing. Wow. It's a sign in heaven. God is sending a message to Pennsylvania. Yeah. God, all the all the technical technological advancements all the way from the Neolithic to the present. Poof, gone. It's a rainbow. God wants a fascist to be governor of Pennsylvania. You betcha. Sorry, wrong accent. Mercifully. Uh, the fascist Doug Mastriano is double digits behind Josh Shapiro. But these are people who live in what um, Dr. Carl Sagan referred to accurately as a demon-haunted world. Because they believe in spooks and spirits and, and, and rainbows are not easily explained meteorological phenomenon, but are instead, instead are messages sent to promise the guy oh, never mind. No, they're, they're, they're messages. I mean, if you, if you go in for all that Bible stuff, 
Uh, it's a promise by God never to destroy the destroy humanity with flood again. Fire and ice are still out there on the list, but never nevertheless. And so all those all those neo all those Neolithic Americans are Yay, God's never gonna drown us, yay. Oh wait, you mean that that's a sign that Doug Moss, a fa- goose stepping fascist is going theocrat is going Oh, okay. Okay. Yay. Rainbows. We're claiming the rainbow in Jesus' name. And of course there's a there's a there's a backstory to that. Because it's 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 a it's a kind of a it's a kind of a mockery of a significant number of Americans. We're reclaiming the rainbow in the name of Jesus Christ. The Homer sectionals can't have it no more. Um, well, you know, they are, they are who we thought they were. Um, Randy Radar says, uh, do, does it mean that Mastriano is gay? Well, you know, he does seem like the type who you know, one of these days will be, as Bart Kopp once famously said, uh, caught with a man in his mouth. So there's a... Uh, we claim it in Jesus' name. And and then they show, and, and and Fetterman with the flags falling down. There were some American flags behind John Fetterman, and the wind blew those. But that's a sign from God in the demon-haunted world. It's a sign of the displeasure of the eternal. It's the finger moving upon the raw wall, writing, many, many, take a ufarsen, and having writ moving on. See, this is one of the nice things about living in a non-demon haunted world. I don't have to be afraid of every coincidence. Everything doesn't have meaning. Sometimes things just happen. But not over in maggot world. And by the way, the name of the ad is Rainbow Promise. And it's got it's got all kinds of social media messages embedded in it, like a historic moment in time, Doug. God is watching and speaking with this how spectacular a beautiful sign from above through the darkness there is light let's go dog oh but you know let's be fair back in 2016 some of us got all excited about a little bird landing on bernie's lectern but we didn't but we didn't but we didn't attach massive religious significance to it it was just cute Uh, <laughs> rainbow connection. Leah, New York says, "If you see a rainbow and see God, your head is as empty as Kermit the Frog." Don't be hard on Kermit. Someday we'll find a rainbow connection. 
the lovers, the dreamers, and... <sighs> uh, you know, we've got a fighting chance. To, uh, the, the singing probably just did us in, but, you know, nine, 90 bucks is not that much to raise to meet, uh, be, meet Darlene's Beaver Moon Challenge. Which, by the way, I was thinking, ooh, I'd like to see that. But the eclipse begins at 4 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I just don't see that happening. I mean, I like it and everything, but no, no. Because, see, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't apply any massive uh, supernatural meaning to it. It's just astrophysics. That's all. That's all. So that you know, little little bits here and there. Uh, by the way, uh, the uh, voter suppression efforts by the maggots are well underway. Isn't it funny? Democrats never run around trying to suppress votes, but the only way they can win is if, if is is if Republicans do suppress votes. Multiple stories coming out of Texas where the Republican Party is apparently scared spitless that drug uh, that that. Uh, Greg Asbot might actually get whooped or maybe maybe Ken Paxton lose the attorney general's race and finally actually have to go to trial for the felonies he's been indicted for. Huh. So they're doing things like telling black voters that they can't take their phones into the polling places. In one instance, they confiscated someone's phone and watch. Oh, you can't take that in now. No, sir. No, sir. You can't be doing that. Meanwhile, they weren't doing anything to uh, white folks. They are mounting hundreds, if not thousands, of bullshit challenges to voters for, you know, simply being not white maggots. I mean, at this point in time, they're worried enough that if he was a Texan, they'd uh, they'd they'd they'd, cha- they'd challenge the ballot if he was still alive of uh, Herb Kane nine 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 y'all. It's um. Uh, it's who they are. That's that's all. Oh, and by the way, Ron Monkey Up DeClantis, the white supremacist governor who only became governor of Florida with the help of real live, no kidding Nazis. Well, he's ordered a state of emergency in 34 Florida counties due to a uh, storm that's out in the Atlantic, soon to be the you know, Western Caribbean, Eastern Caribbean, I'm sorry. Storm's been named Nicole. I don't know how our pal Nicole Sandler feels about that, but I hope it I hope it shares her politics. So the hurricane watch was issued and uh, meteorologists are watching to see, are watching to see if Nicole 
gets on a track to just slam the living shit right out of uh, Florida. Now, and again, you know, us being rational people, we're not, well, you know, I, 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 you know, hurricanes whack the shit out of Florida. You think that might be something that maybe, maybe, maybe God might be saying something about uh, what a shit bird he thinks DeSantis is. No, 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 no. That can't do it. But. So, uh, the, the, uh, the cautionary list involves Brevard, Broward, Charlotte, Citrus, Clay, Collier, DeSoto, Duval, Flagler, Glades, Hardy, Hendry, Highlands, Hillsborough, Indian River, Lake, Lee. Oh, there's Lee County again. You know, one of these days they might want to change the name of that county. Manatee, Martin, Miami-Dade, Nassau, Okeechobee, Orange, Osceola, Palm Beach, Pasco, Polk, Putnam, Sarasota, Seminole, St. John's, St. Lucie, Sumter, and Volusia counties. That's a lot of Florida. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that Monkey Up was a little slow on the draw. With uh, Hurricane Ian? Jackass. And he's been uh, issuing, you know, putting out ads, Monkey Up has. He expects to beat Charlie Crist tomorrow. Um... But uh, Michael Steele, who has a permanent gig with MSNBC now, was um, on MSNBC's Sunday show. And they were dissecting one of Monkey Up's ads. In this case... Well, apparently the woman that Monkey Up finally married after he got tired of dating women who would correct his pronunciation of thigh food to Thai food. We had that story last week. What a guy. Fragile, 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 delicate, friable little male egos there. Yeah, I know. Uh, Casey de Monkey Up declantis put this ad out there saying, I love you, Ron. On behalf of millions of people, never stop fighting for freedom for white folks. Oh, I added the for white folks part. And on the eighth day, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a protector. So God made a fighter. God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, kiss his family goodbye, travel thousands of miles for no other reason than to serve the people, to save their jobs, their livelihoods, their liberty, their happiness. So God made a fighter. God said, I need someone to be strong, advocate truth in the midst of hysteria, someone who challenges conventional wisdom 
and isn't afraid to defend what he knows to be right and just. So God made a fighter. God said, I need somebody who will take the arrows, stand firm in the wake of unrelenting attacks, look a mother in the eyes and tell her that her child will be in school. She can keep her job, go to church, eat dinner with friends, and hold the hand of an aging parent taking their breath for the last time. So God made a fighter. God said, I need a family man. A man who would laugh and then sigh and then reply with smiling eyes when his daughter says she wants to spend her life doing what dad does. So God made a fighter. Wow. Wow. I wonder uh I wonder what that sounds like with that nasally little fucker if you take the reverb out. Lord God made a fighter. I, well this is this is this has struck a nerve. Matt in San Francisco says God wait till God finds out he made a mistake. Well, maybe that's what the hurricanes are about. No, y'all, I did not. They say my, that ain't me. This is not. I had nothing to do with this little Klansman. And so I, I, I just want to be around for the reboot of the ad when they, when they catch him making it rain in a strip joint somewhere in Florida and. God said, I needed someone to make it rain with money. No, 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 not like that, no. You hear an ad like this and you realize the really low opinion that these maggots have of their voters. They actually think they are dumber in the head than a hog is in the ass. And they expect them to eat this shit up. But I mentioned Michael Steele. Used to be chair of the Republican National Committee. Uh, He, uh, he got a, it. Well, he took this a little personal, I guess. Sorry, I'm still laughing. Um, I know. <laughs> with, with Mandy and, and Catherine, because I thought Mandy, they're, they're both just passionate about democracy and passionate about the power to vote. But Reverend Mandy Patinkin really sold, sold the message um, hard there. Let me, uh, there is a piece of sound that I saw here that I wanted to go to, oh yes, yes. I want y'all to listen to this, especially on this day, um, Sunday. Um, this is Ron, uh, Ron DeSantis, just a little piece oh, of a no. campaign ad. It's about, no. the campaign ad itself is about a minute, 45 seconds. 
We're just going to play 11 seconds of it for you because you'll get the gist. Watch this. And on the eighth day, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a protector. So God made a fighter. Um, Chairman Steele, you, of all of us here, went to divinity school. You almost uh, became a priest. That's some blasphemy, isn't it? It is, it is some of the most ass-backward blasphemy I've ever heard in my life. It is. It's also a really bad impression of either Cecil B. DeMille or, I don't know, John Houston. I mean, th- th- okay, I got, I got, a, I got a John Houston clip here. Um, might help. The topic certainly works. Here, check it out. Politicians, ugly buildings, and whores all get respectable if they last long enough. Does have kind of a John Houston vibe, doesn't it? Y'all well. Now, please, former Chairman Steele, go on. One of the dumbest political ads you could ever make. Um, to, and to have your wife have it go out under your spouse's name, um, it's insulting. But it tells you what this white Christian nationalism is all about. That's what that is appealed to. It's not an appeal to church going folks on a Sunday. Uh, people who actually read the Bible on the eighth day, really church much? I mean, seriously, on the eighth day, um, you know this idea. Oh, God needs a protector. Uh, yeah, he didn't even ask Moses to do that part, right? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? You know, oh, you know, God needs someone who's going to go out and 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 defend and and, and challenge the status quo. You ever hear of a man named Jesus? I don't need Ron DeSantis to be Christ. I just need him to be governor. And that's the problem. These idiots just mesh it all together and think they're one and the same. And if you listen to what Trump said last night, if you listen to the rest of it, Jonathan, you know just how whacked out all this is, which is why I love the last segment. Because if this energy wasn't real, then that would have been a very different conversation you had with Andy and his wife uh, in the last segment, because we've been there before and watched Democrats just kind of in their soup, sort mm-hmm. of eating the bubbles, right? But there is an energy here because everybody gets what's at stake. Right. And we, we've got two minutes before we go to break. And I want to get Adrian and, and Tara, Tara's view on the ad. Tara, you first real fast and then Adrian. Well, I think that, you know, that's more of an example of Ron delusional because he thinks that he's actually going to out Trump Trump with this God complex savior thing going on. Trump already has the monopoly on that. This internecine warfare that we're seeing develop between between the Donald Trump MAGA wing and the uh, establishment Republicans who think that DeSantis is going to challenge him is going to be very interesting to watch. I think Donald Trump will destroy Ron DeSantis because DeSantis doesn't have it. They think that he does. He does not. And the amateurish way in which he's going about trying to puff himself up demonstrates that neither one of them are qualified to be president of the United States. And they both represent equal dangers to our democracy based off of the way they have governed and the way that they plan to govern moving forward. So this is it's just another part of the asinine way in which Republicans. You know, that was a, that, that was a brutal takedown. 
and somehow or another, they never got around to mentioning the fact that, you know, the reality is Ron Monkey Up Death Sentence, that was the nickname he got during the worst of COVID, was in his own right, single-handedly, a human health risk. He got it. Do you remember the clip of him trying to just speak a simple sentence and he was about to barf up a lung he was coughing so hard? Remember that? Of course, he had every he had every drug intervention known to man, not that they would tell the rubes down in Florida about it. And by the way, we talked about Tiffany Cross last week, who got hung out to dry by the suits at MSNBC who are afraid of giving the... Uh, giving the maggots a sad, especially uh, especially racist white lady Megan, of course, Santa and, and Jesus are white, Kelly. But I may have found actually what turned out to be the last straw. And it doesn't bother me, and I'm pretty sure it won't bother you. And frankly, it's kind of funny. Because Tiffany Cross showed up on uh, uh, a uh, podcast, I guess you'd say. The name of it, the name of the podcast uh, is Hell of a Week on Comedy Central. And they were playing a game called One's Gotta Go. And so, like, there was a picture of the state of Pennsylvania. There's a picture of Florida. I forget what the other state was. But the the, 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 the conceit is that the panelists will decide which state has to go. And Tiffany Cross was not, well, she, she wasn't hiding her light under no bushel. It does help, though, I do confess, if I unmute the clip. Hey, y'all look like cousins. Joe, what's to you? We need the culture that comes out of Florida, Georgia, and Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Arizona's far enough away. Let it go. Uh, Tiffany, what do you think? One's got to go. I say Florida l- literally looks like the dick of the country, so let's get rid of Florida. Um, Ron, yeah. Are you saying castrate the dick yeah. of the country? Seriously, let's castrate Florida. Here's the problem. Ron DeStupid, Ron DeSantis, whatever you want to call Florida man, he is so problematic. The people there passed Amendment 4, which gave returning citizens, those formerly incarcerated, the right to vote. He instituted a poll tax. He has done everything he can to keep black and brown people from the ballot. Mm-hmm. He traffics in stupidity and ignorance, and I just think they are a problem for the rest of the country let's get them out of it. ow florida is the dick of the country <laughs> she's not wrong and i'm sorry brendan with a note um going back to the monkey up ad uh brendan says uh, please tell me that was satire please please you want me to lie brendan i can lie or is it a perfect manifestation of the old saying, those whom the gods wish to destroy, they first make insane? Peace, lady. Peace, Brendan. No, it was real. Somebody somebody in the monkey up campaign said, no, this'll this'll play. This'll play. 
and and we'll 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 put the masculine voice behind it and oh wow they'll just eat it right up because they're dumber than shit because that's the that's the bottom line determination and uh no it is it is sadly real Flavio pointing out uh, the intelligence of the people quote no one in this world so far as i know and I've searched the records for years and employed agents to help me, has ever lost money by underestimating the intelligence of the great masses of the plain people. From which we get the notion that you will never go broke underestimating the intelligence of the American people. Randy Radar said, I love the tinkling piano music. Told you it was going to be a Monday. This play, uh, this whole country's vibrating like a 440A struck tuning fork. Just and what comes tomorrow? I'm still no. I'm 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 nervous as a long-tailed cat in a rocking chair factory. I'm as no no. That's no. Wax cat in hell. Yeah, that's that's another one of them. But you know, when when monkey up gets a what the hell are you talking about? And on the eighth, day, I mean, are there? Well, I guess monkey up just figures there are not any Orthodox Jews out there in Florida who are going to vote for him anyway. So he'll just he'll he'll just go ahead and. Uh, and 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 heresy all over the holy book, and literally, devil take the hindmost. And Darlene, I was thinking of you earlier today because I saw a uh, New York Times story earlier about Greenwich, Connecticut, which I guess has long been a solidly Republican uh, town, village. Um, The New York Times uh, sort of publishing a head-scratching piece Here in Greenwich, along a bastion of moderate Republicans like the elder Mr. Bush, a Greenwich Country Day alum, the takeover has people asking, who are these Greenwich Republicans, and did they lock the town's traditional Republican leaders in the hold of some yacht in Greenwich Harbor? The answer, they're a small, well-organized group that essentially applied the precinct strategy espoused by the former Trump strategist Stephen K. Bannon, which calls for toppling local political establishments to clear the way for like-minded Republican candidates who will one day guide the country's future. Basically saying that maggots have taken over uh, stodgy, old, conservative Greenwich. The Times, I guess, they, what is this, a humor piece? But uh, the culture wars were destined to spit. And this almost needs a voice. It does. Well, the culture wars were, dis- were destined to spill someday onto the rarefied precincts of Greenwich. 
But who in the name of George Bush would have expected the charge to be led by a band of Trump acolytes who have taken control of the town's Republican committee? The electoral worth of the party's far-right swerve will be tested nationwide in this week's midterm elections. Yeah. I, I, this is this is where, this is this is where the multi-billion-dollar for-profit media just misses me. They keep acting like there is some bright line between the Republicans of pre-2016. Yes, Greenwich Con, Todd Greenwich Con. Like there's some sort of difference between 2016 and thereafter Repu- maggot Republicans and the 2000 and the, and the pre-2016 Republicans. I don't know how many times I have to say it. There ain't. There wasn't. This is. I mean, sure. I mean, the the the, the Greenwich Republicans of the old guard. I get. Yeah, they knew. They sure. They 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 knew which fork to use with the oysters and which to use with the shrimp and which to use with the sea urchin innards. But when it got right down to uh, brass tacks, they knew. They knew what they had to do, and they did it. They just didn't say it out loud. Old guard Republicans despise immigrants, people of color, women, you name it, any, any marginalized community. They were happy to help marginalize. They just didn't say it out loud, Muffy. But the new ones are proud of it. Lordy. Well, some Greenwich Republicans worry that their party might venture so far right it will fall off the political cliff. For them, former President Donald J. Trump is the unpredictable uncle who could turn the family barbecue into a three-alarm fire. Perhaps because Mr. Trump's ideology and style influence local politics so profoundly that John Brunig, editorial page editor of the Stanford Advocate in Greenwich Time, described Greenwich as a three-party town, Democrat, Republican, and Trumplican. Oh, heavens to Murgatroyd! The Greenwich Republican ecosystem is such that James O'Keefe, the founder of the conservative actors group Project Veritas, is practically a local celebrity. You know, we're going to keep getting screwed until and, and until uh, these 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 Kulturkampf geniuses finally channel and get in touch with their inner Gertrude Stein and learn to say A Republican is a Republican is a Republican is a Republican. It's almost like Newt Gangreen never existed for these fuckers. It's like Jim Jacketoff Jordan hasn't been burbling along all these years. Barking and grunting about but her emails. I mean, do, 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 do the Greenwich Republicans not remember the absolute sleaze fest that Republicans ran on Anita Hill back when Clarence P. 
pubes on the Coke can, Fappy Thomas was perjuring himself in his confirmation hearings. Is that just all completely down the freaking memory hole? Sometimes I think it must be. Oh, and thank you to Kevin in Colorado Springs. Thank you so much. We're down to 80 bucks to go on Darlene's Beaver Moon Challenge. Thank you, Darlene. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, I did see that. Um, and you're right, Flavio. It's depressing. Uh, Jordan Clipper fingers the midterms. America unfollows democracy from The Daily Show. Jeez. So let's uh, let's run over to uh, the stress line, see what's going on. Hey, welcome to the program. Okay, so... There's eight days in the week now? I guess guess so. And on the eighth day. Oh, Jesus. Keep me near the cross. This bitch. These people are... I, I have no words. And, 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 and to hear that audio, as ludicrous as it is, but then to realize... The manifest evils that this man has done, the people he's hurt, the people he's enjoyed hurting, deliberately hurt. I mean, you, you know, I know it's that topic, and I try to stay away from it, but he's gone to war with children who struggle not to commit suicide in the first place. Right. He wants them dead. It is illegal. It is illegal in Florida now for even social transition to take place. I don't know how they're going to enforce that. Let's say that one more time. It is illegal in Florida for kids. It's illegal for what? Social transition. What? I mean, I don't know how they're going to. Yeah, I don't, I'm I don't, never I don't, going I don't, back to Florida. I, 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 don't, I don't know how they're going to enforce that against the little trans trans boys. Is there gonna is there gonna be a wall to wall ban on oversized flannel shirts for people assumed female at birth? I, I got nothing. And I'm not being a bitch. I by am the way, never either. going back to No, I am I am never going back to Florida. I just there you know and besides I'm already pissed off at Disneyland anyway. You know, just the it, just uh you know the education or the lack thereof. Don't say gay. Uh, all the, but I'm pissed off at Disneyland because they have lost their friggin' minds on how much they are charging. I was reading an article about they are purposely, you know, raising prices because they want a certain kind of folks, read white people and and tourists. They're pricing people out so they can't go to Disneyland. So a family of four goes to Disneyland just before they get into the gate because it's like uh, damn near $200 per person. And this is always, you know, 
the pricing for you know children are like from two to six years old. I'm sorry, if you're unless you are over eighteen, you are not an adult. <laughs> so the fact that they charge full price for people like you know eight, and, you know seven or eight and older. So say you have you know a family of four, it's going to cost you almost a thousand dollars to get in, and that's just for the one day park pass. Uh huh. So they are purposely, and that's not including parking. That's not including buying food. That's not including buying, you know, the souvenirs and stuff. So yeah, I is and you know, as much as I love Disney land and all that, yeah, it's probably gonna be a cold day in hell before I go back. It's just, it's, it's, and I just, I can't with these people. But to, you know, just the state of Florida, I've been having problems with the state of Florida ever since Trayvon Martin and this is that stand your ground mess. And so, um, I haven't been, I haven't been in Florida in other than, you know, connecting flights to Miami out of Miami to when I went when we went to uh Panama but to actually step foot and leave the airport so it, it's just accessible. And I do as what Tiffany Cross said, it is the Disney. she I mean and when you look at it it's like well damn it does look like a big balls and all. She she had lost her job. How many people have said words? Now I can understand them saying, "Well, she needs to apologize," or whatever. There are people who live in Florida that probably agree. That I'm pretty sure agree with her as well. Did she say? You know, did she say anything that was wrong? No, she just clapped back. Right. But she's, you know, they they can't handle, what is it, uh, you can't handle the truth. And apparently, I think, because I, I caught some of, you know, the, the tail end of the show on Friday, because I gather you had already spoken about Tiffany Cross, but apparently this is a whole, it's a new regime in NBC, and it's, it's turning into Fox News, Fox News Light. Or whatever. Yeah, I, th- I don't know. Maybe, they want, maybe you know, they want some of those sweet, sweet buy gold now ads. Right. It's like, so, oh, well. You know, and, you know, when you have, I mean, now, granted, what Michael still said was, you know, on point, but he's still a Republican, right? As he left the Republican Party? Mm, I think that's a no. Okay, so I don't want to hear it. And, you know, you could, you know, it's like the never, you know, never Trumper. You know, like Adam Navarro. I like her to what she has to say, but the bottom line is this is still a Republican. And until you people start walking away publicly, Say I am done with the Republican Party 
forever and ever, amen, because of who they who they are and what they stand for, then I don't want to hear you. You 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 don't you you do not get a pass from me. Because you because you still vote for you still are part of a party that wants to take away reproductive rights. You want to take away rights, my rights to vote. You want to take away education and banning books and all these things. You want to take, you want to destroy this democracy and make this, uh, make this country into a theocratic nation. No. So until you stand up and say that this, um, the Republican Party is a clear and present danger to the, the ongoing democracy of this country, then I don't want to hear you. Am I wrong? You're not. You're not in the least. Okay. Well, I got into a discussion today, but, you know, there's this phenomenon about black, these black men that are voting for, you know, they're voting for supporting Trump and voting and are going to vote for Rick Caruso. So I had a discussion with a friend of mine today. Uh, I don't know how we got onto the subject. Oh, I was driving through Hancock Park, which is a strong, you see uh, more Rick, you know, Rick Caruso signs in Hancock Park than anything, right? And so, and I saw a Karen Bass side, and I was like, wow. I was happy to see that, because um, even though that is like the richest, one of the richest districts in the city of Los Angeles, there's still enough renters in that district that it stays, that it, you know, it stays, it stays moderately, you know, liberal. Um, and so we got into this conversation Tracy, where'd you go? <laughs> there you are. But this is something about him. You know, and I said, Well, she's like, but just just seeing that, you know, if I do it's gonna and so I said, But why? You know, because she said, well, see, and this is, this is where, you know, my argument said, seriously, sis, would you really be considering voting for Rick Caruso if you hadn't been inundated with his ads that are running 24-7? You know, because she's like, well, what has Karen Bass done? And I said, okay. So I listed all the things. You know, we've had this problem in California and stuff like that. What has she done? And I said, for one thing, she, you know, when she was in the um, the state legislature here in California, she instituted a pro- two programs for the um, to help kids, you know, who were in foster care. One year, so basically, once they turned eighteen, they got kicked to the curb, right? She instituted a program to keep that from happening, to give these kids, you know, a pathway into, you know, being out of the foster care system. She also instituted a program that helped my nephew, who's, you know, the, the one whose mom decided, so I can take care of him. You know, even though we weren't legally family, 
he was my nephew by marriage. So, she, you know, her thing was, why are we paying, you know, people to take care of, fa- of family? She, instead of just paying family to take care, you know, so she instituted a kinship program. Do you know, it, you know, it is so crazy. So they give people, complete strangers, more money to take care of kids than they give parents to take care of their own kids if they're on AFDC or welfare or whatever, whatever it's called now. You know? And so it's like, and so she instituted a ship program. So kids that, you know, could be taken care of by their, their, their step, step, you know, auntie or whatever, grandparents or what have you. So they wouldn't go into the system. And it was mostly black kids. So, you know, and she actually was able to, and this is when she was, when she was in, you know, the state legislator. This is when the, the governor was the, was the governor. Oh yeah. And she was actually able to work, I mean, those days, and I'm, I just wish people would remember, realize that those days are gone. These people do not, there's no such thing as bipartisanship anymore. Just, just, just let it go, y'all. I think Joe Biden is beginning to understand that. Finally, you know, these people, do, they refuse to work with us. So stop wasting your time. Just, just, just stop. But it's just the the thing is, so you know, I'm listing all this stuff, and then I brought up the thing about you know the USC um, scholarship that she received. I said she went to the ethics ethics committee in Congress before she even accepted the scholarship, and yet. Rick Caruso was at USC, you know, whatever, and did not, you know, during that time when that person raped all of these women, there has yet to, um, there has been no transparency about what what went on. But you want to call out Karen Bass for getting a scholarship to go to USC to get her master's in social work. I don't know. So she can learn, the, you know, how to help people get into a better situation. Wow. I said, you know, she said, well, why, Baba? I said, Karen Bass does not have, I said, Rick Caruso has spent damn near a hundred million dollars on his campaign. <laughs> and you got to ask why. <laughs> and you got to ask why, because it's an investment. I said, because she's like, well, you know, because I said, if Rick Caruso yeah, he's really not gonna make cares. It, yeah, he's not going to make that back in salary. He's gonna make that. He's gonna make that. He's gonna make that back in graft and grift. Right, and he's you know, oh, I'll work for a dollar a year. Like that's a big deal, buddy. buddy. I bet you will. BSD. I bet you will. You know, and it's like you know, one of my one of my biggest. You know, so it's it's like sometimes when you talk to people. 
So one of the main campaigns when he first, you know, when he first started his run for mayor, he talks about how his family immigrated here. And so, you know, it talks about his grandparents. Now, the problem is he conveniently, you know, so it makes it look like when his grandparents got here, it was, you know, he, he worked his way up and became a billionaire because of hard work and all that. He neglects to talk about the fact that his father was a millionaire. I was going to say, did he get and around? He to, got his, did he get around to work in the Steve Martin line from the Jerk? Right. I was poor. I was born. Well, oh, here's the best part. Now, Rick Caruso is Italian. He's been insinuating. Because everybody wants the Latinx vote out here because they have, they are the largest majority, they are the majority of the people here in LA. Okay? Trying to insinuate that he is Latinx. Because this is how he's doing it. Like I talked about his immigrant parents, he neglects, see, this is what happens when you have critical thinking in your background. Okay? And you can, you can smell the, the, you know, the ever fermenting, uh, smell of crap. He, you know, cause his, his Italian family immigrated here, but he doesn't say that they're from Italy. He just says my, my immigrant grandparents moved, you know, immigrant, immigrated here to East LA. What is he trying to do there, Robin? Well, it's the exact opposite of what the right wing's trying to do with the guy who attacked Paul Pelosi. It's 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 you know you're 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 trigger you're you know you're triggering a little receptor in the brain. That's why with the guy who attacked Paul Pelosi, Republicans have been barking and hooting. He was in the country illegally. If we had only enforced our borders, he would. Yeah, because when's the last time a Republican gave a fuck about a Canadian in the United States illegally? That part. But they That part. They've made him, they've made him a dishonorary a dishonorary Latino. Right. But see, you're sharp enough to pick up on this. How many aren't? You get my meaning? Way too many. And it's not because, you know, I'm no smarter than the average there. You know? OSMR. <laughs> you know? But it's just, you know, I have, I paid the tip. I mean, again, I credit, you know, listening to your show and then being privileged to take black political thoughts. You know, and also just playing and taking also political science from a person, a, another teacher back when I was at, in, at, at the JC, from a person that was a person of color who wasn't, who came in. I, I don't know if he was born here or born in the Philippines or whatever, but he was definitely either first generation or immigrated here from the Philippines. Okay, so he has a keen understanding. Bye, he has a keen understanding of what U.S. policies have done to countries, especially countries like this. 
And so he taught me to pay attention. He's the one that taught me about the proposition and, you know, trying to read because they're, they're purposely, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Confusing and innocuous and all this. He said, so what you do, you go all the way to the bottom of, of the, of the, um, I'm sorry, hold on. You go all the way to the reef, to the bottom, uh, go to the bottom of the, the proposition and see who sponsors it. And then you, and you research those people and who they are. And that's how you know whether to vote yes or no on a proposition. That part. And this is before, because now in the state of California, um, like on the TV ads and stuff like that, because it's in the voter guide who, who, who sponsors the propositions, but it wasn't on the TV ad. So now on the TV ad, they have to put in bold print who are, who's sponsoring the proposition. Pay for by, like for the one, like Proposition 29. We have been trying in the state of California, this is the third time this proposition has been on the ballot. To try to start regulating, to start to be able to regulate these dialysis centers. Do you know that here, that Tracy, hon, you are falling all apart. I don't mean you are, but I mean your signal has gone to hell. Uh, that, that's mine because I have, uh, I said, so the city the top 29, like I said, the past literary elections that we have been trying, they have been trying in the state of California unsuccessfully to pass Prop, uh, uh, Prop 29 or a version of it to start regulating these dialysis centers. Because do you realize that here, that they are not required to have doctors on the premises? And so, I, and I have, as driving, being an access driver, I cannot tell you how many times I've picked up people from their dialysis appointments that are bleeding from their shirts and stuff like it's 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 uh, uh, I, they're not even report, report required to report if people get sick, it, you know, and so you have all these people, all these all these ads for no on Prop Twenty Nine. Saying, oh, if if they'll shut down our, you know, don't let them shut down our dialysis clinics. I could die, and all this. And then you see the ads, who's you know, um, who's sponsoring these ads? Davida and another couple of dialysis, um, you know, companies. Because it's a, it has to be a multi-billion-dollar <laughs> business. And another problem they also have, because it's unregulated, is the fact that. Um, they can give the, they do the quality of care depending upon your insurance. So if you have blue plate, gold, you know, blue plate special, you know, you, either you have blue plate special insurance or gold plated insurance, right? And so the quality of care, the kind of care you're going to get is decided upon by what kind of insurance. So if you have, you know, PPO, blue cross and all that, as opposed to the Medi-Cal, 
you know, the disparities are glaring. But again, they use you know scare tactics and stuff like that. It's just like when a few a couple of election cycles ago here we were trying to get um, statewide uh, uh, renters. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, what is it when they keep people from being able rent control? When they were trying to get it statewide, and so. The ads were running crazy about oh, you know, it was see, the, the the misinformation campaign. It was really targeting you know people like Rick Caruso, you know, real estate developers. But the way they did the ads was say you know to people who like own maybe one or two rental company you know properties and scaring them into thinking oh they're going to come after me and blah 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 because one of the things about at least like here in L.A. with rent control is the apartment building was built um, after you know from a certain time to a certain before a certain year I forget which how what year it is. Um, they can't rate, they can only raise your rent 3% per year. But the bottom, the bottom, the problem is that doesn't count. That doesn't start on, on, um, what is it? Uh, single family. So if you're renting a house, it doesn't, a single family dwelling does not, um, qualify for rent control. And so they, you know, like I said, they were staring these people. But again, the it's like when they were screaming about, oh, we can't raise the you know uh, minimum wage because of, when they start screaming, it'll hurt small business. Yeah, no, it's only for companies to have X amount of, of you know of, amount of employees. That part. So it's just you know it is exhausting trying to keep up with the lies and the rhetoric. And so like back to my friend, because I, you know, when I was talking about Rick Caruso and I talked about him being, you know, um, one of the like president or whatever, you, whatever his position was at USC during that horrible scandal. And then that he was, you know, president of the police commission. I said, do you really want somebody that's a mayor? I mean, to be the mayor who's, you know, being supported in full and by the police union and this, you know this is this is when my head starts getting getting ready to explode about my my people because here's the thing she's like well you know some people just need to be locked up and I'm like these are the same people who supported the crime bill and the three strikes bill because you know black they they black people were scared into you know supporting these bills because oh my god we got to do something about the drugs and blah 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 and I said <laughs> and so and so then I said well what about the fact that you know he's screaming about what he wants to do for the community as far as he cares about the homeless and stuff like that. And and I said, he has the connection and the means that if he really wanted to do something about the homeless, he could have been, he could have done that without being the mayor. And, and she, and she, okay. I'm, I, I, 
I've, I've never really had a political argument or discussion because it wasn't an argument. But I said, she says, well, you know, he has to be married so we can get the, 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 the leeway. I said, he's a multi-billionaire real estate developer. I said, and he has, you know, I said, what was stopping him putting affordable housing in his development? I said, if he, if he was able to build a road, if he was able to build Americana, I know he knows how to get permits. So that dog don't, that dog well, don't hurt. That. I had, you know, it's like this man had, and the, the crowning the thing, uh, the crowning piece of my argument, Robin, was again, and I say this now, and I say it forever. He was, you know, he just became a Democrat right before he announced that he was running for mayor. <laughs> that part. So. Okay. And then she's like, well, you know, Karen Bassett, you know, they're all old and they need to, I said, well, yes. And I do agree on, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you that we need younger, more progressive people in politics because, you know, the old guard is not, I think, did I, did you see that article that I Great. sent is you? Great, is is that person on the what? ballot? You know the young, the young progressive uh, uh, vision of our future. No, is yes. it just is it just yes. Karen Bass and Rick yes. Caruso? No, 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 no. We have like Kenneth Mejia. Oh my God, no, no, he's no, no, running no, for I mean, controller. No, but I mean, I mean, you know, do do we? Is is there a rational choice other than Karen Bass and Rick Caruso? No. Is no, anybody actually, but we Karen do have Bass a, the, Hold on. Is anybody but Rick Caruso or Karen Bass going to be mayor of Los Angeles? Nope. Then the choice is Rick Caruso or Karen Bass, and to sit around right. th- and and to sit around thinking about the, uh, the, the 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 future politician who someday may bring frisbees and wheat checks for everybody. Well. You know that's spark. That's that's unicorn. That's sparkle fart propelled unicorn cavalry purity brigade thinking. Right, and I'm like, now fortunately we do have um, some progressive voices running um, in this election here in LA, and it looks like they're going to win. Like Kenneth Mejia is running for um, city controller. Faisal Bill is running for city attorney. Um, I can't remember her name, but she's running to take Sheila Chul's place in the uh, for, and she thinks she would be my um, county supervisor. So there are the the, the woman that kicked uh, that got that that ghetto stomped, Gil uh, Cedillo, strong strong progressive sister. Uh, Latinx sister, you know, so they're there. But like you said, we have two choices. You know, we have a man that basically wants to try to turn the entire city of Los Angeles into the Grove. Okay, 
So this, you know, he wants to put in like he said, I'm gonna, you know, put thirty thousand beds, and I'm like, instead of putting people in concentration camps, because that's what they are. Why don't you get to the root of the problem as to why these people are not unhoused in the first place? And it's not all about well, that would be that would be and problematic. Past- right. Right. So I don't know if I convinced her. I don't know because she hasn't voted yet. Uh, but I'm just like, you know, like she was going on about Nancy Pelosi, and all. I said yes. I I wholeheartedly agree. These people need to be, you know, training and mentoring young politicians and, you know, getting rid of the status quo. Yes, yes, 100 percent. But that's not going to happen during this election. That part. It is not. No. And And I'm particularly angry. Go ahead. Go ahead, baby. No, you. And I'm particularly angry, angry about the homeless situation because it hit home for me because of my sister. Lord, yes. I mean, Skid, Skid Row. So, you, you, I need to. I need to say something here. Most people, especially like within this community, know that Skid Row is a real place, but it's also a sort of a. It occupies a, a, a mythic space in the American psyche, too. Yes, it does. And it just became very, it, it, not that it wasn't before, but it just became hyper real for you. Right. But it's become, it's been hyper real for me ever since they built Staples Center and started pushing people further and further east. Now, Skid, so basically, when you look at the logistics of where, of where Skid Row basically starts, it starts, so you're talking from like 7th Street heading north to, um, I would say like, uh, like Temple. Well, no, I would say maybe first. Okay. And basically, it was starting at, you know, that's north, north and south, and then east and west from um, Central Avenue, east of Central, to basically San Pedro. And it was, you know, and and, and it was mostly, you know, uh, the, uh, mentally, you know, people with mental health issues and drug issues and stuff like that. But then, you know, as, you know, the recessions and people, you know, the, um, you know, the, 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 the real estate bubble, um, that burst in 08 and all that, then you start seeing more families down there. Okay. And, you know, people living in, your, in their cars and, you know, because they couldn't afford rent. And then COVID hit. I mean, I'm I'm doing you know a a really kind of shoddy timeline, but you know, stick bear with me on this. So you have a group of people, you know, because COVID, you know, 
What is it? The best disinfectant is sunlight. So when COVID hit, all of a sudden, all the all these inequities and all this stuff started. It, it was laid bare, like you know. Um, because kids have to go to school online. All of a sudden, what do you mean you don't have a computer? Hell, they don't have a computer. They don't even, how are you going to have a computer if you don't have internet, if you don't have internet because you live in your car or you're living in a motel? Okay? And it's not like people didn't know this stuff was going on and it, it just really chaps my high. There's, oh my God, I didn't know. And I'm like, don't play stupid. You knew. You just didn't care. And because of you know, all of a sudden people started seeing what was going on, especially in LA Unified. It's like all of a sudden now, oh, we got to do something. We got to make internet more affordable. We got we got to make sure compute kids have hands on. Yeah, still, you didn't get to the root of the problem. You know, they're talking about, you know, putting up all this. And look, I'm happy. I want people to have more access. Internet shouldn't even be a, there shouldn't even be a cost for internet. Because remember, you know, during, you know, they did this thing to give you $50 a month internet and stuff like that. All those programs are gone. But people, you know, people still can't afford the internet. You think just because you you know, and of course we do realize that the internet that COVID is still a ongoing concern, okay? So and people still aren't working. People are they are working, but they still can't afford the basics. They can't even afford rent. Like I think I told you, I took it. We let this young lady move in with us, and I'm watching the housing crisis unfold in my house, okay? How everybody is just one paycheck away from oblivion, pretty much. So she was, you know, she moved in last, what is this? This is November. So she moved in in September, right? Um, and she was only going to stay for a few months. And she was doing fine. She was paying us two fifty dollars a week. Um, but that included, you know, you know, rent, her internet, cable, um, what else? Uh, you know, hot, well, you know, because she has her own bathroom, pretty much has her own entrance, you know, can use a washer and dryer. I mean, I, I dare you to find the place that you could spend, that you're not even sharing a room for $1,000 a month in L.A., okay? She got into, because she was doing, she was driving Uber and she was doing Uber Eats. And Lifty, because, of course, she's one of these young people who want to be an actress. And so, and that was, that's why we said, just pay us weekly. Don't even try to, you know, you know, come up with, you know, a thousand dollars a month. Not just pay us weekly. So she got into a car accident and her car got totaled. So now she has no income. And, of course, she kind of disappeared. You know, she was kind of sneaking in and out of the house because... She was the first, I, and so because of my, I told her the other day, I said, we need to have a talk. We need to, you know, we, we need to come up with a game plan. And this is what I told her. I said, you are, you know, a industrious young woman, and I appreciate your hustle, but I don't, I do not mistake my kindness for weakness. 
okay? I need for you to talk to me. I need you to communicate what's going on. I need a date to know a game plan because I am not going to put you out. I wouldn't do that. But the fact of the matter is you need to come up with a plan to let me know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, and so, because she's like, I said, look, I know what it's like to struggle. I know what it's like to be unhoused and all this. I, and, and I was unhoused with a child. So there is no, but I need you to, you need to, you, I need for you to do something. I, I, said, I know you want to be an actress and I know that's your dream, but baby, you know, you got to be able to do something to support your dreams. And right now, I said, look, I, I, I cannot, and I, Janet and I cannot afford to take care of you. But so until you get on your feet, I said, I need you to at least step up and help around the house. I need you to go ask Jan, is there anything you need to do? I said, you're not my maid. That, I want that to be clear. You are not our maid because you know your girl got a housekeeper. That ain't, you know, uh-uh. I, I, I am fully appreciative and paying people to clean my house because I ain't going to do it if, as long as I can afford. If I got to go get on back on the pole, never been on the pole, just kidding. If I got to get on the pole to afford my housekeeper, that's what a girl going to do. Do what you got to do. In here. And I said, but I need you to, like, you know, help. Like, you know, when you see trash in a trash can, I need you to take the trash out. Stuff like that. You know, and and so, and now, and I said, but I need for you to get a job. And so what she did, you know, that very, within a couple of days, she went out. And now she has two, two serving jobs. So in the morning, she works at Mendocino Farms. This is some hoity-toity sandwich place. And then in the evening, she works at um, this Cajun, this Creole restaurant, Black-owned in Sherman Oaks. And I, you know, and I, I but the, you know, I, and I'm glad that she's doing this because she owes us almost, you know, she owes us like six weeks rent. Well, I didn't tell Jan really how much I, I she owes because she, cause she pays me. So I just kind of flubbed and said, oh, no, it's only a couple of weeks. Liar! Liar! <laughs> Because I, I wanted to keep Dan calm, but I know she's a good person. But my, my point to my story is the fact that she has to work two jobs just to come up with $1,000 a month? Come on. And the fact that $1,000 a month is cheap? To yeah, live in the, a room, a rented that, room? That's the part that keeps blowing my mind. Mhm. You can't even you, Robin. You can't even get a studio apartment in LA for a thousand dollars a month, sis. You cannot. And then also afford that. You not only that, and then have that's just your rent. Remember, you still got to pay your utility bill. You still got to have money for laundry. You still got to buy food. You know, so for me, for a thousand dollars a month, when she don't have to pay, she don't have to pay gas, electricity. She doesn't have to pay um, uh, for cable or the internet. 
Our cable bill, because we got the we got the bundle. We got internet, phone, and um, cable, right? That's just that's by itself, Robin. It's two hundred dollars a month, sis. See, I don't you, everything. Bill. Everything you have described here is a very carefully painted portrait of what, in almost any other circumstance, would constitute a society on the brink of collapse. And I'm trying to figure yes. out how this isn't that. How how is this sustainable? How is this sustainable? You know, I, I know there are people. It isn't. I, I, I know. I, it's not like this hasn't happened in other cultures and come to the same end. We know how this movie plays. That part. And the fact that. And the fact that all too many people just don't give a fuck. The 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 and and in times like these, the impulse toward igamfu is strong. It's it's strong with this one with these folks with these people. Yeah, those but, people. But it's but it but it has it has downstream effects. That part. I mean, people have. You know, we never recovered from trickle down economics. People, no, people have. People have said to me, you know, why don't you move? Well, because I got this. It's falling apart. Um, it's, but it's yours. But it's mine as long as I can keep the fucking taxes paid. You better be careful on that because now that you're in. You know, a oh, no, now, national no, now, park. now that I'm in a tourist zone, yeah, life, life can get. Uh, yeah. Okay, so get this, and and I'm just you'll laugh simply because it's uh, the numbers aren't out there numbers, but on the on the shortcut that I take out to the highway, there I, I'm I'm captivated by old houses, especially in Appalachia. Because I have the kind of eye that can't help looking at them without seeing all the people who used to be in them. Right. And hearing the laughter of children and the cries of childbirth and the, and, 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 and the weeping and the tears and the hands gathered around the table in prayer. I can't help it. I see it. I hear it. I feel it. And there was one such place, and I drove by one day, and there was a there was a there was a backhoe there that was using the bucket to simply smash the house to bits. And it was probably every bit of a hundred years old, but somebody had their mitts on it, and they had plans. Mm-hmm. And so they smashed it all to bits, and they cleaned it up, and the only thing left were some. This was in the spring of the year, were some jonquils that some someone had planted, perhaps generations past. And that goes bone deep in me. And so imagine my surprise when um, 
driving home on Saturday, I saw that it had a for sale by owner sign in front of the land. What? Well, somebody got their hands on it, and that's why they tore down the house. They're hoping that some rafting company or tourism company will snatch up that land. Mm-hmm. And their asking price for 27 acres is $575,000. What? 27 unimproved acres, a shit ton of which may be, you know, swamp or slope or hillside, you know, but, you know, that house site is at the top, and it's just charming. It sits right on the road. $575,000. And the first thing that came to my mind was, ain't no, ain't no hillbilly going to buy that and put a trailer on it. Uh, no. That is for the gen- and and that's, P- that's for the gentrification of Appalachia. That that's part. property that will now be for our betters. Right. And it's the same thing, you know, as I'm, you know, I grew up here in L.A., okay? I've lived here for 56 years of my life. As I'm driving down Crenshaw Boulevard, um, and, you know, they finally opened the K-line, the, um, the, the right rail and subway that they have been working on for decades, and it's finally open, Okay. And I'm seeing all these buildings that have been shuttered because, and same with Inglewood that, you know, like I have a friend that wants to get a brick and mortar restaurant. I've told you about her, but every time she goes someplace to try to, you know, rent a, a, a brick and mortar place, nobody is renting because they know that they could get much more money from the others and the corporations. Right. And so, you know, and so, and then I'm looking at, so there's this, so like right now, I'm, a, I'm heading south on Crenshaw. If you go west, on, west of Crenshaw, Crenshaw's, like I said, north, south street, I'm heading south. If you go west of Crenshaw, there's, you know, depending on where you are, there's Windsor Hills, Baldwin Hills, View um, Park, and I'm pretty sure you've heard of Baldwin Hills. That's like where the black uh, bourgeoisie live okay and then black folks started moving out and moving further west because in this neighborhood in the neighborhood um we weren't able to get the services that the people who live up there could afford <laughs> so they started moving and then that's when you know so all these houses and then the white people start, and it, it's so funny did you ever watch the show insecure or have you heard of insecure not sure with Issa Rae Okay, well, Insecure was based in L.A., in, in the area that I was, Levert Park, Singlewood, Baldwin Hills, New Park, and all this that were solidly, you know, middle class, middle and upper class parts, black, middle class and upper parts places of black Los Angeles, okay? And so when her, and her show, because she grew up here, and she started shooting her show, and and people started seeing like how big the houses were over here because remember these houses back in you know from the fifties and be, and back up until the seventies there was still white people living here and then we had white flight you know once they passed the Fair Housing Act and got rid of you know legalized um, 
you know, the covenants, you know, restrictive covenants and stuff like that. So black people started moving in, in into these areas. And so then, you know, you have the white flight. And so when people started watching her show, which was wildly successful, that's another viewing tip that you need to watch. And it's on H, her show, and it's, um, the final season just wrapped, I think, this past summer. Um, and her, and plus, and Tiffany Haddish, because people saw what, you know, she was still lives in Compton. And when folks started seeing how big these houses are, and how, you know, tree-lined streets, they're like, wait, this is in Inglewood, this is in South LA. That's when the gentrification started. So just a few years ago, a house, you know, a three-bedroom house on, um, you know, like West Boulevard, you probably could get that house for anywhere between three hundred to four five hundred thousand dollars. Now these houses are up to nine hundred thousand dollars. And 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 the, you know I, I've seen that happen all along, and I've wondered you know, how do how do you, how do you how do you make a mortgage payment on that? And maybe that just shows that I'm that I'm just a little you know plebe I'm just you know plebe, plebeian trash, but I can't even I can't even calculate how much you have to make. You can't even wrap your head. You no, can't I even can't. wrap. I can't. I can't. Your head. Because and 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 now you live in West Virginia and you can't wrap your head around that rightfully so. But, but see, then I'm how watching, do you who I'm, people I'm, like me? I'm watching it happen across the river from me. You know, just a right. just a sleepy little Appalachian County seat, and the next thing you know, an old, and 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 you know this 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 area is rife with old coal company camps, coal camps. And the houses are mostly still there. A lot of them are. And somebody will come in and put some fix-up on them. And the next thing you know, it's three. It's a $250,000 house that 20 years ago would have gone for ten. Yep. I would kill to be able to get a house for $150,000. And it's, 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 it is artificially inflated by virtue of a tourism economy. Right. And this shit does get snapped up. They're building they're building McMansions out the, that, that same shortcut road that I take. They're, 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 it, seems mm-hmm. like, it seems like there's a new one every week. And Annette doesn't well, hesitate to say, you like, know, their goal, is, their goal is, to clear the, is to clear the likes of us out. The riffraffs. Yeah, the locals. The locals. You know, because there, need, so, there, there needs so to there, the, there needs to be housing for the underpaid people who are who are who are making this this tourism economy go. And lo and behold, it's oh the, my god! And, and lo and behold, have, it is the same. It is the same damned economy. It's the same model. You know, minus the coal dust, it's the same model that the coal industry operated on. Low pay, long hours, Mm -hmm. and economic desperation. And as we go back to the whole Disney thing again, see how stuff comes, you know, it's all circular. So, and we just had this discussion um, last week in in my class. And we're talking, we were talking about the, you know, how the tourism industry 
is based and 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 runs on um, exploitative exploitative wages. And how, like at Disney, do you know the average Disney quote unquote cast member? Most of them have to live in their cars because they can't afford to, you know, live anywhere right. and else. That's, and, 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 that's the, in- and that's the miracle of free market capitalism. Right. And yet, over the course of the last last six months, Disney has raised their prices three times. Robin. Well, how are you supposed to afford, uh, afford that third vacation home in Telluride if you don't? That part. I mean, this this country is covered with houses that people don't live in. Nope. Because of Airbnb. Two, don't forget that part. I mean, there is no reason... No, that yeah, but I was thinking, you know, I, no, I was thinking about the corporate CEO who, uh, you know, had, oh yeah, I see what you're saying. I see who, what you uh, who, who, right. who has a house in Stad and and, and, a, and a house in uh, Key Biscayne and a, and, and, and a house in in, in Vale. Right. You know, Ono Island, Alabama. But you know what? I do have one story here. You'll get a kick out of. Okay, I, I, speaking, I like getting kicked. Uh, spe- speaking of uh, speaking of corporate executives with uh, housing problems, John R. Tyson is the son of the cha- <laughs> is the son of the chairman of the board of Tyson Industries. You know Tyson Foods, those chicken nuggets there in the Wally World freezer. And you, you I guess, tell that story. I guess, do tell. I guess he had a. Uh, I guess he had a big weekend because uh, he, was, yeah. he, he was he was headed home, but somehow or another uh, he found his way into a house on North Mock Avenue in Fayetteville, Arkansas, on Sunday at two o five a.m. and just shambled into the house, drunk out, drunk out of his out of his gourd. And went nighty night in somebody else's bedroom, in somebody else's house. <laughs> who is he, Robert Downey Jr.? A college-aged woman who lived in the home called police about a potential burglary, saying she believes she left the front door unlocked and returned home to find a male she did not know asleep in her bed. Well, it turns out he's the uh, chief financial officer of Tyson Foods. And they uh, they arrested him on charges of public intoxication and criminal trespass. Set bail at four hundred and fifteen whole dollars. Did you say four hundred and fifty? Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. It's all right. Uh, they woke him up, and he was like, "What?" And then rolled back over and went back to sleep again, bombed out of his brains. Um, So he's got an initial appearance on December the 1st. Tyson Foods said, yes, we're aware of it. We have no comment because it's a personal matter. Mm -hmm. Now, he is the fourth generation, this 32-year-old young Tyson man. 
He's the fourth generation of corporate Tysons. And this is the guy who's in charge of all the Tyson money? He's the chief financial officer of Tyson Foods? Financial officer? Jesus! So you caught that part, too. He's the fucking CFO. And this is who you have in charge of. Okay, look, so you you got to extrapolate the backstory. It's Fayetteville, Arkansas. He's probably a big Hogs fan. I, I don't know if Haley's listening tonight. Hey, hon. Um, but, it, you know, it, it, in any SEC school on a football Saturday, you li- there's liable to be some folks getting all liquored up. And he probably just had yeah. a, he probably had just a few swigs too many off the uh, uh, off the 1.75 of, uh, I don't know, Woodford Reserve or some such. And, yeah, mm-hmm. Because I'm just thinking what would have happened had he been a brother that stumbled into somebody's house. And so, see, see, that's where my brain automatically goes. You know what I'm saying? No, oh, we'd be doing a story about a funeral. That part. Mm-hmm. See, it's just, Robin, it is fucking exhausting. The, 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 um, the two-tier the justice system that we have in this country. $415 bail? For real, dog? When you throw brothers in jail for less than that. And can't get out. And give them a, you know, and can't get out because they can't make bail. And this is why we talk, you know, and when people say, well, we got to be tough on crime, and that's why we got to have bail, and you just let repeat offenders out, and Bruger, Bruger, fucking Bruger. And you know the magistrate. People are in jail. Yeah, you know the magistrate or justice of the peace sitting in the bill is like, well, it looks like you probably had a little too much, son. I, I think I might, 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 might be a little might more careful next time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Chuckle, chuckle, chuckle. Hard, hard, hard. Yeah, I had a note. I had a, I had a note from Lady B. Uh, I had a note from Lady B going back to uh, uh, the 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 Ron Monkey up Declantis ad. That sound you're playing? Are you fucking serious? Are there really people walking this planet who think God sent them here to serve as politicians? And if so, why would God want them to punish the poor or be racist? Honest to God, people like that need to be ran as far away from as possible. Okay, I mean, you might feel like that you're doing something on behalf of God, and that's fine. But if you're running for office and taking dirty money, saying racist things, robbing women of bodily autonomy, and taking food out of a starving kid's mouth so you can drive a nice car, you're not from God and you never were. And that goes for the black preachers, including Creep Hole Dollar. That actually was translated from voice to text, so I'll keep it. And all the other stupid motherfuckers who want to sit there and take advantage of poor people every day. And uh, every fucking day. Tracy P popping on the pole, Lady B adds to afford a housekeeper. Lady B <laughs> thinks about her shower wall, which needs a good bleaching. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> and added, uh, uh, as nature may have a solution, this is. This is Lady B going, going, going deep. Uh, nature may have a solution to the empty houses issue, at least here out west. It's called the drying up of Lake Mead and the Colorado River. 
that part. Nature bats last, y'all. I mean, I started the. I've been thinking about the COP twenty seven meeting in Egypt all day long. I looked around. I found a couple of stories, but it's all midterm elections all the time. Right. So all the time. I'm just. My thing is, you know, like it's, it's just. I just pray because see, I I do I, I do feel and 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 from what the the, the ongoing polls are saying, um, is that we will be getting rid of rid of Villanueva. He's pretty. He's it's a done deal uh, for him. I mean, we're not all that like you said. We got two choices: Villanueva, who we know is a criminal and a trumper and all this or Luna. And, you know, we, you know, cause regardless of who wins, we're going to have a Latin, a Latino brother as the, the new um, sheriff of the County of Los Angeles. So, but, um, this race between Karen Bass and Rick Caruso, I'm, I'm nervous, Robin. Because when this, you know, when the, you know, back when during the primaries and all this other stuff, she was scuffing a mud hole in his ass the size of the Mississippi. Okay, but then he, you know, and then he did, you know, he did full throttle on these ads. I, I kid you not. I, I I'm like, like for example, um, there's stations, you know. I have a, a Roku, you know, streaming bar. And so there's a bunch of stations, uh, I mean, streaming channels now that are free channels. So they have commercials, right? And I'm seeing Rick Caruso ads. Karen Bass can't compete with those kind of ads. You know what I'm saying? Sure. She couldn't. I mean, it. it <laughs> So we have to, again, this is, this is again, we are, I mean, I don't have to preach to the, I, you know, I'm preaching to the choir on this, to the Horn family, community congregation. Take um, this tomorrow, as a matter of fact, I don't know. So access, because typically how it works, I think we talked about this morning. You know, it's going to rain tomorrow. It's going to be a 90% chance of rain tomorrow. Okay? So, um, aside from the rain, so every year during an election day, um, access lets uh, people ride for free as long as they're going to the polls. And so, typically how it works is if a person is going uh, twenty less than 20 miles, so 19.9 miles, it's two dollars and seventy-five cents for them to ride, and if they're going, you know, um, twenty miles or more, it's three dollars and fifty cents for them to ride. So um, now, um, so every year during the election, they don't charge. So I just pick them up and take them for free. And years back, the taxi company, our taxi company, used to do the same thing. If you were, you know, going to and from the polls, um, we would pick you up and drop you, you know, pick you up and drop you up at the polls. 
and then somebody would pick you up from the polls and take you home for free. You know, so, but again, again, I live in L.A. So, you know, I do live in, to a certain extent, civilization. Um, but it, it's just, so I I have, you know, I, I have, I stopped short of like actually doing, helping with campaigning. But I still talk, I talk to people that I know that I can influence. You know, and so it's just, you know, people were saying how, you know, in 2020, how we were saying we're in for the fight of our lives, but they didn't keep saying it. It should have been every time a Democrat got up to say something about anything for the last two years, we are in the fight of our lives. Every day they should have been talking about these people are doing, these are what these Republicans are doing to keep us from continuing on with our democracy. Every fucking single day. MSNB, you know, all of these people that claim that, like, you know, the, the, uh, the mainstream media is democratic, you know, is all about the Russell Fuck that. Every time, uh, 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 you know, like when we had, when they voted against renewing the child tax credit and when they, you know, when they finally got the thing with the whole, with, you know, um, being, being able to negotiate, um, uh, pharmaceutical prices and when they said they wouldn't even vote on a, putting a cap on insulin that very day whoever was running against or whatever demo, they should have been saying this motherfucker here well they can't say this motherfucker here see this is why I can't run for office Robin because uh, I, I would be what is it censured on the on the floor because <laughs> I would have been like this motherfucker here <laughs> voted against this 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 oh and by the way uh, Matt in San Francisco chimed in I'll, I I, I kind of expected him to subject line housing come to San Francisco talk about unaffordable and you know that's 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 such a shame whether it's New York San Francisco LA Chicago for God's sakes Atlanta Cities are cities because they are the they 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 are hustle and bustle hubs of human activity. And when you make when you make of cities places where people who don't even much go out live, the city loses its soul. Right. And I mean that was always one of the knocks on Atlanta back eons ago when I lived there was that. You know, it, it's not a walking city. It's a no. get in your car and drive somewhere city. And I guess the same could be said of L.A. Oh, shit, yeah. Uh, but the cities that walk Please. are amazing. Part of the reason I always kind of loved my time in D.C., you know, you can, you can, you can do some, you can do some um, mass transit and then get out and move around and you know of course 
DC's got the mall well, and New York's got Central Park. Lee in New York sent me a story about Central Park Tower, which is, I guess, the tallest residential building in the world. And people were upset that it's so damn tall. It sits at the south end of uh, Central Park, and it just casts a forever shadow over Central Park. But, you know, billionaires wanted it so big. Mm. Um, so billionaires got it. Yeah. Uh, a million and a half dollars for a studio apartment. <laughs> Never mind a thousand dollars or fifteen hundred a month. Million and a half for a studio apartment. Right. That probably ain't, ain't is not big enough to. Well, no, that's a bad. We don't use that analogy anymore. Uh, it's not very big. Put it that way. Yeah. But I have I have enjoyed our conversation. I think uh, some other folks are trying to get into the conversation, so we will. Oh yeah, yeah, most we, definitely. We, we will but let them again, be careful but, uh, of those you know, rain slick uh, thank roads. You. Well, now it's rained hard enough for, and it, it and mercifully it has stopped. So hopefully it'll stay. Stop raining until I get home because I just dropped off my last kid. So now I'm on my way about to get on the four. What? How do you call it? This four and six tenths or? Oh, the six and seven eighths. Six and seven eighths and stuff like that. So, but you know, oh, 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 I got a challenge. Yes. You know, because I remember I told you I got a trip yesterday. To, from LAX to Temecula, and then I went to the casino and won some more money. So, I mean, it's not much, but it's a 25, the 25, let's see, Tracy goes to Temecula Challenge. And so, uh, because I won money, so yes. Tracy's Temecula um, Challenge. Yes. 25 up. Tracy, Temecula, try to say that, you know, yeah, I got it. I'm, Tracy's I'm Temecula Challenge. Tracy's Temecula Challenge. I know you could do Show off. So yeah. So and it'll if it's not met today, it'll go into tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Because we got eighty bucks to go on uh, uh, on Darlene's uh, um, Beaver Moon Rising challenge. Okay. So then, if if my challenge is met, well, and, and know, frankly, if, only if, have her, if her challenge is met and your challenge is met, we'd be done with fundraising for today. Yep. That So on that note, I am gone. I love you. And you take good care, okay? I will. You stay safe, you hear? I will. Bye. Bye. That's an L.A. thing, isn't it? I remember Tim from L.A. used to say, bye. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it's been in, it's been good. It, nice to see. And it's Kind of cool, because how about that? Barack Obama's only 61 years old. A couple of years older than me. And God, that man loves being out on the campaign trail. And now that he he never has to run for anything anymore. He, he has zero fucks to give. And it is a beautiful thing. He was in Pennsylvania giving shit to... Uh, uh, to Dr. Oz, and I mean, this was this was for the ages. 
John's opponent said the decision about whether to have an abortion should be made by, quote, women, doctors, and local political leaders. Really? I mean, wh wh are you going to petition the mayor? Are, are you calling the sheriff? City council member? School board? Who exactly should tell you when to start a family? You should make that decision. And if that's not worth 15 minutes of your time, the amount of time it takes to vote, I don't know what is. He's good. He loves doing it. And the first time I listened to that clip, he said, well, are you going to call the sheriff? I was expecting the next line to be, maybe you could call Deputy Herschel. That would have left a mark. Uh, let's run back over to the stress line. Hey, welcome to the program. Howdy, yeah, Barack is the bomb, huh? Oh, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so, he's in his yeah, happy place. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, Biden has to rule him out because, you know, Biden, as progressive as he is, uh, and I don't understand why people don't like him, but anyway, he's not. Barack. I mean, Barack, that's, he's got it going on, you know, and it's really good to, to hear him, and, and he's out there stumping, and he's trying to do what he can do. Um, so, yeah, Beaver Moon Rising, so hopefully people will meet the challenge. Um, it is gorgeous. It is a beautiful, beautiful full moon. It's called Beaver Moon, and um, the I'm with you at the 4 a.m., um, you know, in terms of the eclipse. <laughs> I hope that's nothing symbolic concerning what tomorrow is. But um, usually in Connecticut, whenever there's some major meteorological event, um, it's usually too damn cloudy and overcast to see it, uh, which is what's going to happen tomorrow at 4 a.m. And apparently this event will not occur again until 2394. Sure. Make me feel guilty. Do that. Just make me feel guilty. I know. I said, no, it's going to prompt you to get up at four and go look at it. Yeah, I hopefully. Well, and you know what's what's worse? We'll all be dead. You know what's worse? It's going to be clear as a bell here all night long. There you go. I have an excuse. I have an excuse. Apparently. Damn you and your clouds. In the West, um, it's, it's, you're not going to be able to see it, is what I understand, although it's, it's a gloriously clear night right now, and it's just it's gorgeous. Um, the moon is just absolutely gorgeous. So, okay, I, you're, ma you're making me – hang on. I, we're going we're gonna to have, have a minute's worth – we're going to have just about a minute's worth of dead air because now you've got me all eaten up with curiosity, and I have to run outside for a second and just see if it's awesome here too. Can we do that? This right. is, okay, I'll be yeah, right back. Yeah, sure. Do I have to sing or perform? Yeah, you can. You can do it. <laughs> okay. Actually, you can do anything you want. It's kind of you know, it's a regular joint. I'll be right back. It's going to be. Oh, okay. So, oh, while Robin is away, thank you, Horn listeners, for your support. Uh, my mother passed away on October 25th. It was very difficult, um, and uh, I. Me and the rest of my family are not comfortable with how she went, but um, she's not suffering anymore. And it's just very bizarre because this weekend, 
I felt a need to call her and tell her that I had um, a basket of lovely plants, including a blooming Christmas cactus delivered to me. And I was like, oh, I got to tell mom about it. But um, the reason the flowers were, the uh, plants were delivered was because they were, it was a condolence basket from one of my clients because my mother passed away. So it was very, very weird. And it's just habitual for me to call her when something fun like that happens or whatever. So I really miss that. So thank you for your support. She, well, last Tuesday was a a very difficult day. And uh, there's more, but um, hopefully uh, Robin is seeing the gorgeous fever moon. She's back. Did you see it? It is. it's, it's, It's like a nightlight. Isn't it spectacular? It is. It's just gorgeous. It's just gorgeous. And, you know, I know um, it's, I never really placed much stock in the full moon stuff, but when you got both dogs puking and, and doing all kinds of weird stuff, yeah, it happens around, you know, a full moon. <laughs> so, uh, but I was just telling the horn listeners, I was thanking the horn listeners while you were away for uh, their support concerning my mom. Uh, she died last Tuesday on October 25th. Um, it was a very difficult day, and um, it was a very long day. And um, it was just really stressful and traumatic watching. You know, she finally got into ICU where the care was 100 times better. But by then, it was too late, and she was crashing, and we were standing there. And the doctor was like, it's up to you. Oh, I can Jesus. do one more thing. But, it's yeah, it's going to entail putting a needle in her neck and, and we're like, dad, you got to let her go. And it was really bad. It was really, it was tough. And, um, and, uh, so, um, the, um, I was put through an inordinate amount of stress because the first selectman who was a Republican denied my request to use the handicap accessible bus to bring me to the wake and funeral Saturday morning. So uh, the entire town converged on him and shamed him into allowing me to use the bus. Good. So I could actually attend her funeral. And I never thought, ever thought that I would be happy to attend my mother's funeral, but that was the predominant emotion. I was so relieved and happy that I could actually physically be there. And, um, now the Republican first selectman is on damage control, full for full on damage control, and he's lying to everybody and saying, I was going to let her use the bus, I was going to let her use the bus all along, but I just didn't have a driver, which is bullshit, because the driver, who has become a dear friend, wrote him a letter, and delivered the letter to him, I think it was Wednesday morning or Thursday morning, when he found out about the denial, imploring him to let me use the bus and that he would drive the bus for free. So that's just a bald-faced lie, and the, um, the he called me, the first selectman called me, and we're saying, well, you've got a van, and I've seen you driving a van around. And I'm like, listen, dude, I can't legally drive the van. I said, number two, I don't have a working wheel, the very wheelchair that I use to drive the van, even if I was approved by the state of Connecticut to drive the van, that wheelchair has been busted for six weeks. I've been after the wheelchair repair company to repair it. That is the very chair that has the bolt, the pin, underneath 
So it locks me into place in front of the wheelchair and it all turned on a fucking pin. Oh, it has a pin. You mean the wheelchair has a pin? I'm like, yeah. He goes, all right, I'll let you go. And, you know, and he was like, you know, you have to understand it's, it's a taxpayer, you know, this is taxpayer dollars. That's kind of, I said, hey, listen, I said, I'll pay. I didn't know that the bus driver had offered his services for free, but I said, I will pay the bus driver. I will pay him. And so he's like, well, you'll go and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, let me know how much it will cost. He goes, I'll take care of that. Never mind the fact that I've lived in town longer than him. I've been a 31-year taxpayer into the, into the town's coffers. My parents are also residents of the same town. They paid into the system for 13 years. So, um, and, you know, that was an undue amount of stress that was added to my week because I have, I have like, I don't know how I'm going to get there. And to have the wheelchair, to have the funeral home bring me was extremely expensive, um, like inordinately expensive. Plus, they don't know I have a power wheelchair, not a manual. That's an entirely different animal. And you need a major vehicle to haul something like that to bring me in a power wheelchair is 450 pounds, not including my weight in the wheelchair. So um, it was just, it was crazy. And we're, we're trying to still troubleshoot um, the hospital insulted my family because they sent a letter to my father. It was dated the day of my mother's death addressed to my mom, completely refuting her abuse claim. Um, they have a whole different set of facts that indicate that there were other people present. When the abuse happened, my mother said, no way. It was just me and the abuser. So now we have to figure that out because my mother has a reputation for being Highly cooperative. She is beloved by all of the nurses in the nursing home. There was not a single, there, it was that one freaking night where suddenly she was the aggressor, um, according to the abuser. And is that one night out of, for the past 13 years, and the whole time she was in the hospital, she was highly cooperative with every, whatever the doctors told her. As a matter of fact, she was so cooperative that one of the nurses, against our wishes, they were supposed to check my, check with my father. They asked my mother, this nurse said, would you like comfort measures? And my mother said yes. She had no idea they meant morphine. They gave her morphine without checking with my father. My mother died briefly. She, 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 she died. She literally flatlined. My father brought her back. He was there. He had no idea. Oh, my God. Okay. So we've already been on the phone with a lawyer. And the lawyer said it's going to cost $10,000 per deposition to depose each and every doctor. We just don't have that kind of money. So we need to figure out what next steps. But I, what I will say is that there is such a, an incredible undercurrent of age discrimination in that hospital. And I don't know if that's just nationwide, if it's all the hospitals, but they had given up on mom a long time ago. My mother instructed she wanted to continue fighting to live. We were in a horrible position because they were pressuring us 
to kill her. Against her will, against my father's will, they put in one guy who was like a, he was like a pit bull. He was, he replaced the primary doctor who was overseeing her care and was trying to divide our family. My father was so flustered and was coming home depressed and really freaked out that my father told the, well, my daughter's an attorney thing. I'm like, Dad, I haven't practiced in 26 years, Dad. He goes, well, I'm sorry, I gave him your number. I said, Dad, you are not to give out my phone number without my permission. The doctor tried to call me. He was going to pressure me. Um, he was trying to divide our family because we were fighting as a unit to advocate to save my mother. I refused to take the call. I didn't talk to this asshole. I know exactly what he's up to. The, the, just the ethical violations, everything, Robin, I could go on and on and on. And none of us are comfortable with what happened. The ICU was excellent. They were really, really good. But by the time they, they brought her up there, it was too late, you know. So um, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, hopefully, you know, we need to figure out next steps. I do know um, we need to get, I've been saying, we need to get out of the hospital order report, you know, file a report with the police. It's not too late to do that. Um, and the police are mandated, they are required to report it to the Department of Aging and Disability Services, which is a very agency I'm dealing with, and they are a shitstorm, so they suck, they don't know what they do, they're doing, so uh, this is probably not going to result in anything, which is really, really tragic. Um, so anyway, but I, I want to thank the Horn listeners for their support. It meant a lot. It meant a lot for your support, everybody's support. And, you know, just trying to prop up my dad. And, uh, I, you know, he, he, he knew my mother since when he was 11 and she was 10 years old. That's how long he's known my mother. And, um, you know, they started dating at age 16, you know, so, um, they, they grew up in the same neighborhood. They were, they were neighbors. They were, you know, they, they were kids. And, you know, they grew up together. So um, I did, um, I cast my um, absentee ballot today. And um, as I'm going through that process, I am cursing Republicans left and right uh, because to complete, to fill out, and casting an absentee ballot, at least in the state of Connecticut, is a very arduous process. Um, you know, there's all these, you know, T's and they have to cross and I's you have to dot. And there's certain things you can and cannot do. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, for any, any assholes to think that it's easy to commit fraud with, with absentee ballots, it's just a fucking outrage. You know, I mean, filling in those goddamn freaking circles and trying to stay in, in between the lines was, was enough of a hassle, <laughs> you know. But it's arduous. It's, it's Quite frankly, it's a hell of a lot easier to just hop in a vehicle and go vote. So, you well, know. Well, if, if, if that's how it plays out, that's how it's designed. Yeah, and... um the the application alone was confusing, and I've done this before. But according to 
you know, Democrats were pretty good at sending big flyers and saying, look, you know, Lamont, um, the Democratic Party here sent absentee ballots to all Democrats. They just sent them in the mail, whether we used it or not. And they said, look, you know, the pandemic is still a good excuse. That's still a viable reason to not show up in person, you know, to to, to vote by absentee uh, ballot. The weird thing was the application um, had no checkoff box for COVID-19. There was none. How odd. And that was very was, confusing. Was, well, was there a general box that said health? Well, sickness, if you're sick. <clears throat> there was nothing there that said COVID-19, because I know, you know, for the presidential election, yes. Yeah. There was a box you could check off for the pandemic. <laughs> so even though <clears throat> the information that came through, you know, and literally the absentee ballot came the next day after the flyer came, saying that they were going to be sending absentee ballots out. <laughs> Excuse me, applications for the absentee ballots out. Um, I know <clears throat> when I when I voted by absentee for the uh, for president in uh, for the 2020 election, there was a box you could check off for the COVID-19 pandemic. So even though they stated that in the flyer, there was nothing on this, this election, this midterm election absentee ballot to check off for the COVID-19 pandemic. It was very confusing. And so, and I read it through and through and I'm like, there's nothing on this application that indicates that it's okay to just, you know, to not check off anything. So I was afraid that if <clears throat> if I didn't check off one of the boxes, um, my application would be invalid, and I would I would not receive the actual ballot. So because I have a disability, that's what I checked off. And it is, it is really the primary reason, my physical disability, because I have no way of getting to, uh, you know, to the polling place. And, you know, considering all the difficulty I had trying to get to my mother's funeral with the bus, you know, um, I doubt he's going to approve that, um, you know, to, to let me use the bus to go vote. Because... Um, he has discretion. It's either for medical appointments uh, or you can go fucking shopping. But if you needed to go to a funeral, you can't use it. But he, can, he has it within his power, the selectman, to, to waive it. And I'm like, you know, I've already pushed my luck with my mother's wake and funeral. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, rely on the buses being available for me to vote. So, you know, and plus I have Democratic signs all over my freaking lawn, which is why I think he denied me, initially denied me on the bus because he's an asshole. Um, so I checked off physical disability. And it is the truth, and I, and it is a re I can't get to the polls primarily because of that. So I, thankfully I had something, but if somebody didn't want to, you know, if somebody was still concerned about, you know, 
COVID-19, I don't know what the hell they would do with that particular application. You know, there was no place to indicate that it was the pandemic, you know, as a reason, even though it is still a, a, a legitimate reason, at least here in Connecticut. So that's how unnerving and nerve wracking it is to complete the absentee ballot, because I want to be sure everything is going to be counted. So, you know, then my votes will be counted. So my dear friend down the street, um, you know, I said, can you drop it off in the ballot box, which is totally fine. Uh, she said, absolutely. And she was right there to drop it off. Um, obviously, you know, she, she could not hand deliver it to town clerk because she's not a legitimate, like, if it was a spouse or whatever, they could do it, but not or a caregiver, but not in this situation. But it's okay for her to drop it off in the ballot box. And I said, you know, just be careful there to make sure there aren't any idiots with AK-47s and fatigue <laughs> camouflage around the ballot box like they're doing in Arizona. Um, but we were talking about now her daughters are, are in their early to, to late 20s, and she's been begging them to vote begging them, please, they won't do it. They're apathetic. She goes, I gave up. She goes, I was hounding them, please. I think that makes me crazier than the people who are going the other way. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, I hope that they're an aberration and that it's not indicative um, of, you know, because they're they're basically millennials. They're millennials and um Gen Zers, millennials, and for them not to vote is just, you know, and I said, well, I said, you tell them that if if Republicans wind up taking one or both houses and you lose your Social Security, that they're not allowed to come back home. <laughs> we both started laughing because they're off in different parts of the country, you know, um, but it's very, very concerning. Um, I, you know, like um, Mary Trump, you know, she's going to have a election night watch party with her crew. And um, I don't know what the point is in that, because I don't think we're going to know anything really definitive. We may have an idea, but I'm guessing we're not going to have anything really solid until the end of the week. I don't know if you agree with that. Um, But I'm placing some hope, hope against all hope, in Michael Moore and what he said. you know, about how, you know, because this is a, this is a sexist, racist, misogynist nation, as is the uh, the corporate media, and overlooking women's views and sentiments on Dobbs and, and the obliteration of Roe, um, almost as if it doesn't matter. I am, I'm hoping that Michael Moore is right, and, you know, what he says, that he will, um, that women will come out in droves to vote. That abortion. I can, I, yes, I, I mean, like I said, when I went to early vote, I thought I'm going to hang my hat on. Yeah, yeah it, right. And when yeah. I went to vote um, on early, uh, the last day of early voting on Saturday, like I said, I had about a thirty-minute wait, and I'd say all but one of the people voting were women. Now in West Virginia, so, does that mean something? Crossed, I know. don't know. But you know, I'll 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 bet on the number of birds on a wire and which one leaves first, to mean that. But you know, 
again, I hold out, you know, where the big stuff is concerned, and that's even a bad term itself. Uh, I'm going to get Carol Miller back as my member of Congress. You know, the, the, the crazy Republican maggot lady who, uh, from back in her days in the state house, uh, said she always prayed before every vote, but it turned out every time she voted, uh, Jesus wanted her to vote for the Republican position instead of the position of people who were poor or injured or sick or hurting. So I think she's, I think she's mixed up as to what Jesus's voice sounds like. She's going to be my member of Congress again. Yeah. And Looney Mooney is going to be the other Congress creep. And I put up a post, I put up a post Saturday saying I am hoping against hope that the guy who defeated me in the primary uh, will win his race uh, because, as I said, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm a lot less hesitant now to sort of lift myself up in certain circumstances. And I was the one who pointed out that the reason to get rid of Tom Fast is because he is an odious blight on an otherwise good community. I didn't have a problem saying that. I still don't. He's disgusting. Whether that's enough to, whether that's enough to motivate, I don't know. But West Virginia is going to be a long time getting, getting well again, if it ever does. But in places like where you are, Y'all have to hold the line, and in 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 well, uh, in, in yeah. the contest in the contested area, it seems like all the contested areas of the country are Democratic, okay? Because so many states have been able to gerrymander their. I listened to a piece on NPR over the weekend. Yeah. I think it was uh, I think it was uh, This American Life about the attempt to redistrict yeah. Ohio. And, and and what a, what a comedy of anti-democracy that was. Uh, so I too, well, I too I hope, hope Michael Moore is correct. I hope so, and I'm hoping that you know Joe and and Barack and Nancy and 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 Chuck and. Bernie are seeing things we're not seeing because they're on the ground, uh, you know, um, fighting this, you know, in the trenches, so to speak. I am hoping that you say hold the line. I'm hoping for a clean sweep. I'm a little bit concerned about Johanna Hayes' position because she's got um, a black Republican running against her. His last name is Logan. Because and of course. he reached out to me. He sent me, yep, of course, uh, a black Republican running against Johanna Hayes, and he sent me a flyer. And I'm not the typical Republican bullshit. I'm not a typical, you know, Logan's a typical Republican. I'm not a typical Republican, you know. And um, so I'm worried about her seat. Um, and I'm hoping for a clean sweep, at least in, in my state. Uh, and Nancy had, I guess she had a lengthy interview with Anderson Cooper. I sent you an excerpt. Yeah, I saw that. CNN. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping, um, that Nancy is not, you know, I'm hoping that she means the opposite, like, 
that she's more resolved to uh, because she's saying that what happened to her husband is going to affect her retirement plans. So the implication being, or you know, what we would think um, is that she would retire sooner rather than later. Um, but wouldn't that wouldn't I'm that validate wouldn't that validate the idea that stochastic terrorism is a handy tool? Correct. Correct. Yes. But you know what? We don't know. We really don't know his condition because you know, look, people who are people like them, you know, like them, Nancy, and you know, they're they're fairly wealthy individuals, okay? And you know, they're. They're positive thinking, like they they're tend to be optimistic or positive oriented, that kind of thing. He's going to recover completely. He's going to be this. He's going to be that, you know, and it was like he, um, you know, he's going to make a full recovery. He's going to be all of this. And then, and then you hear other lines of the story. You're starting to hear like, kind of like, so he, he got hurt pretty damn bad. And, you know, they're basically saying now he's got a long recovery ahead of him, and it makes perfect sense for an 82-year-old man. And, and again, I'm like, what the fuck were these cops doing? You know, they're in the doorway. They're, they're you know, drop the hammer, you know. But it was like he's still, this guy still got a major, like a swing off and, and really, really bludgeoned Pelosi, Paul Pelosi in front of them. And I'm like, what the hell were these cops? They were just standing, it seemed to me like they were flat-footed. I'm not saying they allowed it, but, you know, then there's a whole other issue of the Capitol Police. What the fuck were they doing? They weren't even looking at the camera, um, apparently, that is honed in on the Pelosi's home in Washington, D.C. One of the cops, one of the, one of the, one of the uh, uh, Capitol Police officers happened to be walking by, and they saw, oh, Look, there's a, oh, there's all these police officers at Paul Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi's house. Now I don't know if because he went through the back window. Um, this fucking smug son of a bitch. Um, if he went through the back window, if they would have been able to see, a, you know, um, you know, a, a, what do they call? I don't know, is a burglar or a, a, yeah entering the house. They may not have been able to see it anyway from the camera angle, but who knows? What the fuck was the Capitol Police doing? They were just, they were, they got caught flat footed as well. Um, but I'm hoping against all hope that, you know, what she's really saying is, I am not, I am going to stay longer now. But, you know, I, I didn't see the whole interview yet, um, but this is an outrage, and you know, Democrats are still, I mean, even um, Bernie Sanders, although he could have been, a, he could have done a better job at saying why Democrats still need to be reelected, why it's important Democrats be in power as opposed to Republicans. I do give Bernie credit for coming out and being honest. He just said, look, he said, the Democratic Party does need reform. They need reform. But please, and he did say, um, this was in an interview with some fellow who's, who's like constantly posting stuff on YouTube. Um, but he said that, um, there will be more progressives elected into Congress in the midterms than ever before. I would have preferred, you know, if he had 
really pumped, you know, really hammered home the fact that, sorry, as you say hammered, but really would have said, look, even though they need reform, your best shot at having nice things, your best shot at, you know, getting your uh, Congress people to do the things you you need to them to do to have a real democracy or to, to, to push us closer to the aspiration of a democracy, that, that you know, to um, ensure that, you know, you and your, your parents, your grandparents, whatever, have social security and live and die in dig- dignity and all of that, or and live out their retirement years in dignity, is to elect Democrats. You're not going to get that with Republicans. They're not. Um, so, you know, he's right. I think even if Democrats somehow manage to hold on to one or both houses, um, you know, do, are you confident? I know I'm not, but are you confident that they're going to go after and really raise hell against the corporate media for their voter suppression tactics? No. Because we've been hearing this, Robin, for weeks and weeks and months and months and months. Republicans are going to take the House and the Senate. Republicans are going to win. It's going to be a red wave. Okay, so in a sense, that's voter suppression in my book because maybe that's what my friend's daughters have been hearing for for weeks and months, and they're just like, what's the fucking point in voting? What's the point? I mean, I've even had that twinge. Is there really a point? That's what I because have, we've been pumped. Darlene, that's what I have termed soft voter suppression for freaking years. You know, exactly. You you don't you know you you, exactly. you you don't you don't have to have workers at the polls but asking people soft, to guess Robin. the number of jelly beans. It, well, it's it's soft versus the hard <laughs> institutional time, variety. It but yeah. it was it was no it was a and, bludgeon you know, it was a cudgel. Republicans are going to win. Republic and all that's based on really is the general the you know the general trend of the party the party with the presidency tends to lose votes in the midterms. But even that's not true. Well, it does, well, it, it, it's it's not an absolute, you know, uh, it doesn't have to be true. But here's here's the other thing too, okay? I don't know about you. Maybe I missed it. Maybe I just couldn't handle I wasn't looking for it. I don't know. But <laughs> You know, these scions of the fourth estate, you know, who are destroying our democracy, okay? And, you know, again, I do not, I have no confidence that Democrats are going to call these assholes out. That Kareen is going to say, you know, you're part of the problem. You, in front of me here in the press conference, you're part of the problem. Um, They didn't bother to ask. I don't remember. I don't recall. I don't remember these points being hammered home at all by the press to Republicans. Well, if you get the reins of power in Congress, how are you going to correct the economy? What are you going to do? What are your policies? What are you going to do to lower the inflation rate? 
Well, they're, 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 already, they're already babbling about a tax cut, and a tax cut will make inflation worse. You know, it's like yeah, we were ta- we were talking about how Barack Obama's we were talking about how Barack Obama's enjoying his time appears to be enjoying his time out on the campaign trail. One of the things he said, yeah, one of the things he said the other day is, I swear, if we found out there was an asteroid hurtling directly at Earth, the Republican solution would be a freaking tax cut. Right. And the the audience roared because they recognized it's true. Well, and he is talking like we need need Democrats to talk. He's talking like, you know, Gavin Newsom was, Bernie, um, you know, um, he's far more, Barack is far more. He's an exciting political figure. And so I think it was good that they brought him out to to help. And, you know, he's, I mean, dude's got, you know, jacket is off, shirt sleeves are rolled up. I mean, he's sweating in the armpits. He's, he's stomping. He's busting his ass. Yeah, and the fact of the matter is, if it, were he, ter- if it were not for were not for term limits on the presidency, he'd probably still be president. Oh, he. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say probably. I mean, if he could look, his biggest problem would have been Michelle. <laughs> yeah, that would have been his biggest problem is convincing Michelle for another another term. That would would have been his biggest problem is convincing Michelle. And Michelle may have gone for it just because um, uh, Sasha was still uh, Sasha was still in school in in DC. So she may have said better to keep the stability. She would have sacrificed, you know, another four years in that swamp and that sewer for her daughter's stability, you know, just to be, because they wound up having to live in DC and stay there until Sasha finished uh, her schooling. Yeah. And, and uh, it's like so, something, it's like something uh, brother, Deacon Asa, brother, brother Deacon Asa reminded me of. As Sister Carol Baker said many moons ago, Barack Hussein Obama, it's Kenyan for kicked your ass twice. Exactly. Yep. Um, but you know what? We have to, you know, where do we go from here? You know, we, we've been so, it, it, what, I mean, we really haven't talked about that. You haven't really broached the topic. Where do we go from here if the worst case scenario happens? Well, where does the harm community go? Where do we go? What do, what do we do? Because you know what, it's going to be Trump times two hundred and whatever. Is you know what I mean? Yeah, it's but if they, be, well, I, I mean, mean I, 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 I think, think imagine? this is a fairly easy prediction. Again, caveat: we both hope that Michael Moore is right, and all of these. Pampered panjandrums of the multi-millionaire for-profit media are wrong. But if it turns out that we get a Republican House, that means, and, and we hold on to the Senate, then that means everything the House does dies in the Senate. Correct. If they get the House and Nothing's the Senate, if they get the House and the Senate, then everything dies on Biden's desk. 
you know, we'll probably have a government Correct. shutdown or two. But, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so that's that's the stupid old conventional wisdom of the American people like gridlock. No, I think the Amer- I think a lot of the American people liked getting a check. A, lo- a lot of hungry people liked not being hungry for a little while. Um, and and no, that seems to matter. <laughs> you know, I don't mean to interrupt. I, I I'm sorry if you're frustrated with me, but I don't mean to interrupt. Not at all. One caveat to everything you've said is, you know, as long as he remains president, because. Already, I just saw an article that already Trump is asking Republicans how many times they're going to impeach Biden. Yeah, he's, he, he, he's got he's got he's got to get past two, and they'll do yep. his and they they will try to do his bidding. Uh, but the the, the the other the other side of this and what I was moving toward is that. Electoral politics at this point does not play a role in the single most critical aspect leading, you know, tomorrow, tomorrow the 2024 election cycle begins. Oh, my daughter's on my ducats. Uh, and, and, and it's outside. Well, no, it isn't, but yes, it is. The bottom line is, after tomorrow, the most important thing that happens happens in the Supreme Court. And that's the goddamn Moore case. Yeah. And, whether, yeah. and whether or not yeah. this, cockamamie, uh, this, this cockamamie notion of the independent state legislature uh, gets Supreme Court approval. And if it does, Katie, bar the door. We may very well be done. And I was nerding earlier today, and I was thinking about the Roman Republic, because I do that a lot. And I was thinking about, okay, 753 B.C. is, is the traditional founding of Rome, the Black Rock, Romulus and Remus, etc. Then you get the Roman kings, and then you get the founding of the Republic and the consular system. And that holds up for about 400 years. 300 and some odd and then it collapses under the weight of uh, the, the the weight of ambition and the and the and the cracks that appeared in the system that evolved there's an argument to be made that we that 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 so many cracks have been exposed at this point in time that shit's liable to crumble you know yeah. after after a while with you know uh if you've if you yeah. if you've got an un if you've got a fresh egg and it's got cracks in it, it can handle a crack or two, but but too many more cracks and you've just got a raw egg on the floor. Yeah. And then you're in trouble. This is a this metaphor isn't working for me, but I think you get what I'm going for going at. Yeah, I get what you're saying, and also it's a politi- politicized Supreme Court. And you know what? If, if, like, if <laughs> Democrats take the House and the Senate, the Supreme Court, I think, will see that and they will 
they'll, they'll, they will, you know, they will rule in favor of that bullshit more case. Um, you may be right. Because. And the other thing I want to see if the Democrats do maintain, be, if the Democrats do maintain the House, I by God want to see an investigation of, of, of Clarence Pubes on the Coke can Fappy Thomas. A real one with potential to lead to impeachment. Well, that's the problem, though. You know, Bernie's saying, hey, you know, again, I don't, I don't, I have no hopes for that because the, the Democrats, like, you know, they, they will snatch, um, defeat from the jaws of victory. Um, and this is where Bernie is right. Um, I don't, you know, and if it's a worst case scenario or a semi, if it's a split, um, I forgot where I was going with it. But anyway, um, I just don't think that, say, say they take, say that, say they, they take the Senate and, uh, the Democrats take the Senate and they, they, Maintain their hold on the House. Do you, for one second, think they're even going to broach the topic of the Electoral College? No. <laughs> no. No, I don't think that they will. Um, and I just i I feel like we have a party that is autocratic, fascist, bloodthirsty. Will you know, we'll take no prisoners, and we have a party, another party that is is it, it, it takes them too long to see and to see what's happening, to see what's coming, and to act. And that's part of the problem. Is and it, it is a good thing, but it's a bad thing. You know, Democrats are far nicer. They're just nicer people. They're good people. They're nicer. They're just not, you know, the Republicans are bloodthirsty, they're cruel, they're, you know, all of those things. So you're asking people who, you know, to go against their very nature in terms of Democrats to get down into the mud. Even even if their life, lives depend on it, even if the country depends on it. Um, so... I don't know. Um, I don't know. I I I've been dreading this. I've been dreading tomorrow since Biden became president. <laughs> you know, now it's here. Yeah, it's kind of um, it's kind of a little, and and you know that that, like, that, that goes that goes back to the. Interaction I had with Robert Byrd way million years ago, and he looked at me and said, "And, and he said, there's only two, uh, there's only two two ways to run a campaign: unopposed and scared to death." I'm scared to death. And this is a man I who mean, never who never lost an election. I mean, can you imagine Marjorie Taylor Greene, the head of a committee? I mean, she's as stupid as fuck. Right, and, 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 and that's, and that's like idiot, uh, no. you know, idiot Elon saying, you know, vote Republican tomorrow because 
you want to maintain a balance. Really, really. So you're you're putting your you're putting your the, the, your credibility behind marginal trailer queen and Clanny Oakley. You're doing that. Well, look, this is he's he's cut from the same cloth in a sense as Trump because you know Trump never did anything remarkable. He never did. I mean, really, he never did. I mean. He just simply elevated mediocrity. That's all he did. He he thinks that it was some sort of a great feat. I mean, it was his father, his his corrupt, pathetic, racist, bigoted father that built the empire. All he did was just transfer it across to Hudson and like and and touted it as if it was some sort of a remarkable discovery. Some sort, something remarkable. I'm like, that's nothing. He did nothing new and remarkable, and he couldn't even do that right. You got the same thing with Elon Musk, right? It came from money. His mother was, I guess, a, a, a model or whatever. Um, he did nothing remarkable. He had a, a, a major foot up and just expanded on what already existed. I mean, he even, and I don't know if there are any descendants to Nikola Tesla, but I would be fucking suing his ass for multi-billion for using the Tesla name. I don't understand how he got away with that. Is it trademarked? I mean, it, probably because he's been dead long, he's been dead long enough. Probably that's what I'm thinking. Maybe because he's been dead long enough. Did he not leave any heirs? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm assuming maybe he didn't. SpaceX, a big fucking deal. SpaceX, wow. <laughs> you know, um, great name there. Um, but he he's brutal and he's 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 driving and he just basically makes it seem as though. He's somehow remarkable because, you know, he decided to sell all of his shit and live in a, you know, 20 by 20 foot box or whatever the fuck he's up to next. You know, um, I just, these are individuals who, who live, we're in a nation of idiots, Robin. That's basically it. We're in a nation of idiots. Well, we kind of started the program with H.L. Mencken, and we have not disproved him yet. And unfortunately, that's going to that's going to drag all of us down. Um. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to think about tomorrow. Um. Well, let me let me back up. I, uh, let me back up in one regard because I had a question about it. Um, when you mentioned the issue, and this is going back to your mom, and I hope that's okay. When you mentioned the issue about the morphine, um, was she morphine allergic? Um. I don't know if she was morphine allergic. I know she could not have penicillin. 
was allergic to penicillin. There was something in it um, with penicillin. I never heard anything about morphine. But I think when they said comfort measures, because we were protecting her, we, you know, my mother tended to be more towards negative thinking. And we were like, we were telling the doctors, like, you know, you need to discuss her condition out of earshot of her. It'll be up to us to tell her when we're ready. But at this point, or, you know, at this point, we want, she wanted to fight it. We wanted her to be as, we didn't want her to be psyched out. So we didn't tell her what comfort measures means it's a jargon it means giving you morphine to die we were not there yet she was not there yet so when they said comfort measures she thought oh a pillow because she kept slouching down in the bed and needed more propping up yeah so when the nurse would you like me to give you comfort measures she meant the, the nurse was thinking morphine my mother was thinking, oh, a pillow. And my father, who is, has power of attorney, was not consulted. Now, I don't know. There was a certain thing in, um, in penicillin that I can't remember what the specifics were, but she actually, they discovered she was allergic the penicillin, I think, to the polio vaccine. That's when she had her allergic reaction. It was something to do with the polio vaccine. It was something that is a common thing in the polio vaccine as it is in penicillin. I, think well, I, was, I, was, I was curious, too, because I remembered... Um, uh, she stopped breathing. So She stopped breathing. I relaxed breathing, her yeah. too much. Yeah, I mean it's it. Yeah. Uh, opioid opioids yeah. are a respiratory suppressant. Um, yeah, and my I, mother I, won't take you know. But yeah. I, I, I'm, I, you've got me thinking back, and it's a long time ago now. But to early 2007, when my dad was in hospice, and they get they dosed him with Haldol. And it drove him up a tree. It did not calm him mm. down. It made him crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah. seeing things, hallucinating. And mm-hmm. we were pretty, and, yeah. and, and, and I, I came in and I said it in no uncertain terms, and Annette was right there to back me up. Don't you ever give that to him again. Of course, there weren't too many days of him left. But I was just uh, because uh, you know morphine allergies yeah. are, are very real, um, and that has they're been. very real. And you could be right, you could be right. I mean, it could have been an allergic reaction. But according to my dad, he was the only one trying to bring her back. All the other ones were just standing there. All of the medical staff were standing there. And then when she came back and she gasped and got a breath, then they rushed to help her. They were they were trying to kill her. I am fucking convinced that fucking hospital was trying to kill her. I am convinced of that. There was this undercurrent of age discrimination. And the problem is 
as we've seen with Trump and all the fucking maggots and everything else, nothing ever, we know, viscerally, we know what's going on, but it doesn't rise to the level of what's necessary, you know, to get through a court of law. Oh, God, so many things have been exposed. It's just... I know. With our system, everything. It's just... It's, well, I just, I, I remember, and we're really far back in time now. It was Ju- June of 1997 yeah. when the doctor came over and looked at, uh, after seven months of my mother in ICU, um, trying to... Your get, mom was in ICU seven months. Yeah, it was hell. It wow. Was. And Oh, my God. I mean, shit, this hospital wanted to kill her off after a couple of weeks. Okay. Well, they they they, they, well, they, 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 they build they they build my oh, mom my out God. for her million dollar lifetime max, and once we crossed that mm-hmm. once we crossed that Rubicon, uh, we were taken out in the hallway, yeah. and the doctor explained to my father and me that it was time for us to stop playing God and let her go. Well, that's what they were told. Yeah, because my mom was on Title Nineteen, right? The government is going to let the hospital. Um, gouge you know what i mean and that's what apparently well you know i got there on the last day i was able to finally get there and everybody says mom was waiting for me mom was not lucid she was just not lucid and um i kept saying mom i'm here i'm here i'm here and um we finally got an ICU doctor who was a respiratory specialist. He was pretty cool. He was, um, he sat down and according to my family, they said, you're the, they said to this, this gentleman, young fella, you're the first doctor that actually sat down and told us what was going on instead of asking us, so what do you think? So what do you think? And my family would have to say, you're the doctor, you tell us. So what do you think? This was the first doctor who said, look, you know, and he he also told us, by the way, with the BiPAP, your mother is suffering. And I was like, what? We were all shocked. Your mother is suffering. And I said, what do you mean? You know, we're all like, "What, what do you mean she's suffering? I said, well, have you ever tried to put your head out of a window in a fast moving car? Try to breathe. That's what we're doing to her with the BiPAP. It's forcing the air into very little lung space. And we're like, oh, shit, you know. And he seemed like he was very earnest. He said, look, he goes, I as a doctor can do no harm. I I am ethically obligated not to do any harm. He said, I have to walk a fine line here. If you want me to do more, I will do it. But you need to understand this, this, and this. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? I'm I'm thinking here, she's suffering. What what I mean? And and, and with their family dynamics, my dad was like, I want to give it one more day. I want to give it two more. I said, Dad, she's suffering. It was like, holy crap! And even then, even then, I didn't try. I, I still didn't trust things. But when she got to ICU, they were the, it was a whole different level of care. But it was too late. So. They were. Tra- they didn't tell them this. They didn't tell anyone. She's been on the BiPAP before. They they never expressed it that way. They just put it on the onus on the family members. What do you think we should do? It's all about the fucking money. 
I mean, that's all it was. What do you think? What do you mean, what do you think? When you're the specialist, you tell us. You tell us what, you know. And we finally met one doctor there from ICU who really, he, he, he wanted to save her, but he also had ethical obligations, but he also gave us the straight dope. We didn't, this was the first that somebody had actually talked to us like, you know, we had brains and, you know, but everybody else was saying exactly what you experienced with your, once they maxed out the million. It's disgusting, it's disgraceful, and these hospitals are too fucking powerful. Which is why they they knew when they sent the letter, she was already gone. I want to know. I want to know what time that letter was written. Dead men tell no tales. So now it's that abuser's word against my mother, who can no longer speak for herself. Jesus. You know. And you're and gonna, and, just, and you're gonna, you're gonna listen. You're gonna be a while pursuing that closure. I yeah. just, I just tell you that as someone, none of us are coming. I just tell you that having yeah. been down that road myself. And you're not. I'm not comfortable. I you know, talking with my brother to, uh, the other day. I'm like, I'm not happy. I'm not. I'm not comfortable with how she got it. Was not in mind. None of us all. You know, we all envision, hey, you know, she falls asleep, peasy, you know, fall asleep, and peacefully die in her sleep. <laughs> that didn't happen. And it, it was like the poor thing did every fucking thing those doctors and nurses told her. Everything. All of the cards that were sent from the nursing home were going to miss her. She was our best. Our best. Um, Resident, she did everything we told her. Oh, but this one bitch, this one capital C you next Tuesday, my mother was suddenly aggressive. It's a lie. It's just a fucking lie. And you know, I just anyway, this country, you're one hundred percent correct when you said to Tracy, this is a country that is imploding. It's, it's, it, is, it is a socially, the country is disintegrating socially, psychologically, emotionally, I mean, everything. Yeah. We still haven't even it dealt feels with like it. the fallout of the pandemic. Yeah. It's people, we're not a nation. We're, we're not a nation. And then, what the heck was his name? I just caught that article from the Guardian. Uh, what is his name? Prigozhin, Putin's buddy there. Oh yeah, he said yeah. We yeah we we and that was probably the story of the day. Prigozhin, yeah he yeah. Yeah, we yeah we messed we, we yeah we messed we messed around in the U.S. elections and we're messing around in this one too. What are you gonna do about it? Boy, they're pretty fucking confident of something's gonna happen tomorrow, aren't they? Yeah, they are. You know why? Because they still have the hacked RNC emails. Yep. I mean, I know, I know that. 
that's just become a little fetish object for me over the over the years. But I'm convinced of it. I'm convinced of it. They hacked them both. Oh, yeah. They held on to one and released the other. But Darlene, I got to roll, dear. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you for uh, allowing me to talk over time. And um, again, thank you, everybody. And I hope the uh, challenge gets met so that Tracy's challenge can be uh, met. And uh, we keep you ahead of the game. That would be so. that would that would be that would be wonderful. It, you know, every month. Every, 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 every month. Every month gets sweaty. <sighs> Darlene. It does indeed. And uh, are are you doing a thing tomorrow? Are you doing a yeah? Like we're going to do party we're, or something? Yeah, we're we're going to well, I mean, we're going to do a, we're going to do a barbecue on the front porch and just you know bring in all the voices because we're probably all going to be a a, mm-hmm. a, a a big old mess of a wreck. So you know, let's all join in. Yeah, with plenty of liquor, I guess. <laughs> and, and, uh, no, I'm going no, to be a good girl. Everybody else can have my share. Well, Mary Trump needs to uh, fess up and uh, credit you if she's listening, uh, because she is basically saying a lot of what you've been saying for years ahead of her, uh, word for word. And uh, so she should be inviting um, another trans woman onto her program. Uh, because she does have a trans woman that comes onto her program, um, and she needs to invite you and at least give you the credit where it's due. Because I swear to God, she sounds like she's talking your language, like she's been listening to you for years. So, well, that's yeah, life. and that's, she's a brilliant woman like you are. And that's yeah. life out in front of the curve, you know. Exactly. Exactly. All right, uh, my friend. Uh, we'll be tuning in tomorrow. So. Yeah, Thank and uh, and by, by the way, uh, you should know. Billable Rick wrote earlier to tell you to stop telling uh, to tell you to stop telling us uh, how clear it is in Connecticut for the lunar eclipse because it's raining in Southern California. <laughs> and damn it, now I have to wait till twenty three ninety four to observe the next election day eclipse. <laughs> and and he will kill off all the old rock stars by then. And, um, yeah, the only, by then the only ones left will be the, by then the only ones left will be Kid Rock and Ted Nugent because we oh, can't no, get no, him, no, no, no. we can't get him to take one for the team and go to one of their shows. <laughs> yeah, and um, it, uh, don't worry, available. Uh, the uh, clear skies are going to uh, they're they're, they're going to come to an end soon. Um, so by four a.m. We won't be able to see the eclipse, but I'm hoping that's not a bad omen. <laughs> uh, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be crystal clear here. And now I feel like I've got some sort of freaking moral obligation. Thank you both to get up at four o'clock. Oh, sorry, Robert. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Just put on some lipstick, slap on some heels, and oh. dance in the in the the. Uh, the waning moonlight, oh, the beaver moon. <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah, uh, the beaver. Yes, I mean, I got yeah, but dance, dance of the beaver moon. Ah, yeah. There think, you go. Yeah, and and you know what? With the, the, time, the, the, the time change being what it is, it, the older I get, the more it screws with me. I was, uh, you know, I was, I was up at, uh, we were both up at like five o'clock Sunday morning, going what? And it's like, oh, it's six, mm-hmm. yeah. So. For all I know, I'll be well, awake I, at four a.m. You'll you'll be awake. I mean, I'm a standard time kind of gal because I find I'm okay with it getting dark and and early, but I I was very confused in the morning because um, it's so damn dark. Like before 
And before they went to standard in the daylight savings, I would look outside. I'm like, oh, thank goodness, it's it's still dark out. I've got at least two or three more hours. And then I close my eyes, and the 6.30 alarm will go off on the clock. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) You know? And it just happened. I'm like, I don't like it. (laughs) You know? And think of the kids standing out by the bus, you know, bus stop that late, that that early, and it's, it's dark out. It's like, ugh. But anyway, that's just me. And, um, yeah, that's just me. All right. You so, have a good right, evening, I'll let dear. You know, and thank you. All right. See you, Darlene. Thank you, dear. Bye. Bye. And by the way, that was another thing. I thought I was losing my mind yesterday morning because I, start, I started seeing that there were articles and then they disappeared. Some, you know, some young wet behind the ears just out of J school, whatever, got, got things bass backwards. It's like, here comes daylight savings time. No, no. And and for a while there, I was questioning my own sanity. Now, we're in standard time now. That was daylight savings time. But I saw like three, four articles. I'm like, what? And then the universe corrected itself. So thanks, everybody. We still have $80 to go on Darlene's Beaver Moon Rising Challenge. And uh, then Tracy's... Trace, uh, Tracy's Temecula Challenge follows that. If those two were met, that's $105. If those two were met, we would be done for today. And then we'd just have tomorrow. So if the overnight crew hears it and wants to help help out, oh, oh, please do. And maybe consider becoming a Patreon or PayPal subscriber. Because it's needed. And, uh, well, thank you both to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers, who are a significant reason this program still exists after almost 20 years. Thank you to our a la carte contributors. Thanks for the challenges. Thank you to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our news ninjas. Thank you to our all-volunteer staff. Sorry I didn't pop into the chat room this evening. I was kind of addled and scatterbrained. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. Head on dot live. Remember, brand new Fresh Malloy on the way, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. First, best place to listen to the first run of Malloy is head on dot live. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, White Rose, White Rose Society.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster. Get your flu shot. Wear your mask. Help keep down the RSV. Think about uh, sanitizing surfaces and the like. That stuff sticks around, and it's it's hell on little ones. It's not much fun as a grown-up either. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer. Maintain your social distance 15 to 20 feet, like Paul from Parts Unknown says. And, well, if uh, some idiot who used to be the U.S. ambassador to the U.N. comes along saying, we need to deport Raphael Warnock, uh, avoid that woman like the plague, because she is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Later.